welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater of the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. You're about to listen to part one of the finale of Block Talk's Ultimate Disney Song Showdown, the first of many new themed showdowns where we try to discover the best of Disney, drag, and beyond. Be sure to listen to the first three parts of the series to get the full experience. If you have a theme category or fandom you think deserves a showdown, be sure to hit me up. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, follow us on Twitter, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boom, we're here. After three grueling preliminary rounds, 64 Disney songs have made the final cut for the ultimate Disney song showdown, but only one will remain and stand tall as the song supreme. But who? That's up to our panel to decide. Joining me on this endless journey of heartbreak and pain are my forever prince from the classics episode, Robbie Rice, my alliance member and biggest enemy from the 90s episode, Andrew Orsi, my concert buddy from the 21st century episode, Tim Bell, and our fresh set of eyes, the queen inspired by Mankin and Ashman song, Sutton Lee Seymour. How are you all? Hello. Hello. It's been a bit since we discussed Disney, but we're back. Um, it's now the fall because... 2020 just moving through good um where is everybody located right now i'm currently in my mom's basement in new jersey <laughs> um i'm currently uh in my apartment in astoria queens i'm in a house in orlando florida i'm also in astoria queens i thought i was going to be recording this in west virginia but then here we are a month later <laughs> <laughs> i'm currently in a state of depression so <laughs> That's um, I'm in Orlando where there is no fall, so <laughs> lucky. Although it's finally gotten a little cool out, which is so nice. Yeah, when I'm awake at 4 a.m., I don't hate the world. <laughs> <laughs> now, have either of you visited Disney or Disney Springs at all since they've reopened? No. I don't want to see. I, 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 I did cast previews for Epcot. That was a ride. That was a good time. That's fun. fun. It yeah, was like um, super dead, which was amazing. That's cool. Well, I'm excited because now I can officially announce that I'm going to Disney at the end of March, beginning of April for a week, hopefully, knock on wood, as long as things are a little better. Um, we have a Disney Vacation Club timeshare at the boardwalk, and we needed to use the point, so hopefully I get to see you two when I get down there and visit. Ooh, we'll see. I might be elsewhere. Who knows? Oh, well, we'll, we'll see. So who knows? Who else knows? I don't know anymore. <laughs> who knows anything? It's 2020. Who knows? All right, so today we are going to bust a bracket, NCAA style, as 64 songs will battle each other to be the final song remaining and be crowned the ultimate Disney song. This list will not include Pixar, Disney Toon Studios, live action or mixed live action and animation. The reason for this is to keep it simple and to not have an overabundance of options. We'll do showdowns for those later. How the bracket was determined. Audience, this one was a doozy. To determine the seating for this podcast, my eight original panelists were given the Herculean task of ranking the songs from 1 to 64. Based on those rankings, the final order was determined by highest point total. If there was a tie, I broke, my, broke the tie. Myself and Sutton did not do a ranking, so there's no bias there. The results were so contested 
that I had to send the panelists an anonymous breakdown of where each person placed the songs to, pro to prove validity. That's how passionate we are about Disney music. Andrew will be our bracket keeper and update the bracket as we go along. So if there's anything fucked up, it's Andrew's fault. Blame him, tweet him. Sounds right. <laughs> Each round, we will vote on the battle. Majority rules. If we feel passionate and want to try to swing people over before moving on, the results may be contested and a debate can be had. But save those debates for when you really need them. 64 songs will go to 32. 32 will go to 16. 16 to 8. 8 to 4. 4 to 2. 2 to our champion. Michael, you can do math. I can do math. Like, I, it's been a while since I've taken a math class, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I'm shocked. That was incredible. I think it's because I obviously watch so much um, basketball, clearly, every March. <laughs> I think he wrote it down. I wrote it down. I <laughs> wow, well, call him out. It's true. I'm not here well, to make friends, Andrew. <laughs> oh, that's fair. <laughs> so with the, for the listeners, I have um, randomly selected an order of how we will discuss things, who will get to talk first. That order will be me, Tim, Robbie, Sutton, Andrew, and then we'll go back to the top and cycle through. And we'll go, and we'll, that'll be for each um, round of 64, 32, um, we'll just keep cycling through. It's going to be fun. Some people are going to get to talk about actually their favorites and first, and some will get to be talking last, and it'll be really interesting to see how these discussions turn out. But we are going to start off with our number one seed versus our number 64 seed. When You Wish Upon a Star versus Try Everything. Um, again, <laughs> When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio, Try Everything from Zootopia. I think this is an easy one. As much as I personally love Try Everything and Shakira and Sia being the songwriter and having a Disney song, When You Wish Upon a Star is the Disney song. And my vote personally is going to When You Wish Upon a Star. My turn now, right? Yes. Cool. I agree with that. I love Shakira. I love Zootopia. I love the message of Try Everything. But it's hard to top the like biggest classic Disney song of all time. So I vote for When You Wish Upon a Star. Robbie? I'm here to fill up the middle. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll never be memorable, never be first, always average. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, like, I'm not gonna contest this one. Saving that, so When You Wish. All right. There it goes. Sutton. Me. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Just kidding. <laughs> no, th this is uh, when you wish upon a star. Uh, this is not the time to fight for it right now. There is no contest. Zootopia is a classic, but when you wish upon a star is the musical foundation of the Disney company. There's a whole fireworks show based on this song alone so it's when you wish upon a star and andrew yeah it's this is straightforward done easy we're starting off easy friends this is great no fighting at all you guys i'm proud so moving on will be when you wish upon a star next up is the number 32 seed versus the number 33 seed oh no prince ali versus out there tim start us off all right, so I have to go with Out There. Out There is one of the most incredible, beautiful, 
I want songs ever written from Disney. It, you can feel from the heart about what Quasimodo wants and what he dreams of and what he's been watching this whole time. And it's just an incredible piece. It's beautiful. It's Tom Hulse sang it, right? Yes. Well, he attempted to sing it. <laughs> right. But... <laughs> In any case, he does a beautiful job nonetheless. And so I vote for out there. It's got to be out Robbie? Absolutely. Like, yeah, out there. I think Hunchback has some of the best music across Disney canon. So um, just heads up for what's to come. Okay. Sutton? Um, I don't want to get too into it, but out there... Uh, in terms of uh, the narration of a song, it's the it is the classic and probably the most perfect I want song. Um, so it has to be out there. While Prince Ali, though a classic, you have to give it due credit because it is a fantastic song. But it is, and it's an introductory song to Prince Ali. But the song is based upon a lie, and that <laughs> and we don't we don't work in lies here on this podcast. So it's got to be out there. Says the female. I lost you there. What did you say? I said, says the female illusionist. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. Female delusionist. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh. Andrew, what say you? Um, all right. Well, if anyone listened to the 90s podcast, you know how fervent a lover of Hunchback I am. Um, so I'm also going to go with Out There. I mean, like Prince Ali is, is amazing and fun, but like, Let's be really honest, the Robin Williams songs are about Robin Williams. True. That is the primary, like, they used him to his fullest, but that's a very specific type of thing. And as other people have said, I think Out There is one of the best I want songs. It uses this, like, so I'm sorry to get all musical theory, but I have analyzed Hunchback to death. It uses a switch between Mixolydian and Lydian modes, which are both, like, very, like, wondrous sounding scales. But by using Mixolydian, it's like a less resolved wondrous sounding scale, which is like, to me, just like brilliant because he doesn't get to resolve his wish to go out there in this song. You know what I mean? And also the like direct contrast between Frollo and Quasimodo, it's done throughout this movie, but we see it with the beginning part following Quasimodo doing the exact same melody that Frodo just, Frollo just sang to him, mm-hmm. but in a way that shifts it into the more major like Lydian scale. And like yeah. that is brilliant musicianship to me. I, 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 I am in love with you, Andrew. That was brilliantly <laughs> Get said. Get ready. <laughs> well, I just, I found what you said about like, there, there's no resolve to the song, but I think, and yet it is probably one of the most satisfying songs to listen to. And so it's interesting to hear um, the music theory portion of, of it, hearing that there's no resolve, but it's such a satisfactory listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk through that with several songs. So get oh, ready, goody, goody, get goody, ready goody. for music theory. Here we come. Yeah, and Andrew, <laughs> you have a um, whole acapella medley of all the music, right? You, you finish that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wrote four songs of those 64. <laughs> also, and not to poo-poo on Prince Ali anymore, but it is a bitch of a song to memorize because <laughs> it's, it, the, it's the ending, that ending section where mm-hmm. you're listing off every single thing that Prince Ali does. It's terrible. It's absolutely awful. Well, I <laughs> am not going to fight for this one. I don't have too, many, too much stakes in it, but I am going to put my vote on Prince Ali um, again, as the audience knows, Hunchback is not one of my favorites. The music <gasps> is fine. I got um, go. <laughs> But again, as someone who it, it has admired Robin Williams for 
ever. His career is brilliant. I would like to honor him and give him a shot here. Um, so this vote is four to one. I'm not going to fight it. I think out there is the one that is moving on. Can I say one thing quickly? Yes. I think it's time to say goodbye to Prince Abubu. Ababwa. All right. Our next matchup is number 17, Cruella DeVille, versus number 48, Mother Knows Best. So we got, huh. a, little, we, we got a villain matchup right now. And Robbie, kick us off. Uh, so 101 Dalmatians is definitely one of those movies that I remember watching Saturday morning, eating my bowl of cereal, sitting on the ground in front of the couch, because who uses furniture? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I think both like deserve due attention, but I think Cruella DeVille, I mean, being one of the first villain songs, not, well, I mean, it's also not sung by the villain, it's just sung about the villain. I think I will like, I'm gonna throw my vote that way. Even though I think Don Murphy and Tangled is great, I'm, I'm going with the puppies. Sutton? All right. Well, I'm in agreement here. Cruella DeVille, the song. Um, again, it is, a, it is one of the first and most classic villain songs. It's hard to contest that. I do enjoy Mother's no- Mother Knows Best. However, I prefer Mother Knows Best, the reprise, and, uh, and which was literally just a... a, a <laughs> copy a photo copy of last midnight from into the woods right. and uh which i love but if you're gonna give me last midnight from into the woods just do last midnight from into the woods uh so that all that being said whether it made sense or not uh again you have to go with a song that's based in truth mother knows best she's constantly lying to rapunzel which yeah makes it a good villain song but corella Deville, the song is all based in truth and that's why I think it makes it a much more enticing musical because you're learning much more about this character of Cruella DeVille. Not from her perspective, but like Robbie said, from the perspective of people around her, which I love. Absolutely. So Cruella DeVille. All right, got two votes, Andrew. Um, yeah, this was one that like, this, is, this was closer for me. I love them both. I enjoy a villain song. Like they're just more fun. They have a little more flair for me. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think the thing that ultimately like splits this for me is that Cruella DeVille was so original in its time period. Like there were no villain songs in Disney before. It wasn't based off of like a thing that had already been made kind of thing. Not that I'm saying Mother Knows Best was directly based off of Into the Woods, but it draws so many parallels to that yes. exact situation that it doesn't, it loses some uniqueness for me. Donna Murphy gives it some uniqueness back because she does it so well, but yeah. like, yeah, I just have to go for the like uh, innovation of Cruella Deville as a song, and and it like it uses instruments so interestingly. I mean, like he's just I love a good just play me some blues improv on the piano, and that's what I get from a lot of Cruella Deville. So I'm into it. All right, that's three votes, and I'm going to give it a fourth vote. I think Cruella Deville is just a classic. It, it's it's a brilliant song. It's been covered to death. Everyone knows it. I think we've all said everything, Tim. I am the lone dissenter. Uh, I have to go with Mother Knows Best. I love Mother Knows Best so much. 
I'm going to argue that Cruel de Vil isn't a villain song. It's a song about a villain. I think a villain song is all about what the villain wants. It's their I want song. And you see that in Hellfire. You see that in Poor Unfortunate Souls. You see that in uh, Mother Knows Best. And I think it's a lot of fun. It's an incredible piece to perform. And um, I love Donna Murphy. And I just, it's my favorite. I got to go with Mother Knows Best. Yeah, all right. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of drag queens have been performing it ever since it came out. Um, it's, a, it's a classic song. I mean, are, are you well, willing to fight? Do you think you can no, swing it's, that one? I can all like right. this one. All right. So Cruella moves on. Um, what I forgot to do is um, I polled the audience of my Instagram to see how they felt about these round one matchups. So I want to go back for a second to the first there three. There were some interesting results on that. There were some very interesting results. <laughs> oh, this will be um, fun. Yeah. So When You Wish versus Try Everything. It was 70% When You Wish, 30% Try Everything. Prince Ali versus Out There, 58% Prince Ali, 42% Out There. And then Cruella versus um, Mother Knows Best, 52% Cruella, 48% Mother Knows Best. Yeah, I, I think I, I mean, I, that's that makes sense. That yeah. one feels reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> the other two I'm confused about, but that one feels reasonable. I feel like you had to uh, comment on that thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, these results are really going to be interesting as we go along. Um, and we are going to move to our next matchup, number 16 versus number 49. It is Beauty and the Beast versus Love is an Open Door. Sutton, why don't you start us off here? Okay. Can you na- name another song where you just hear the first chords of a song and you immediately melt? That song is Beauty and the Beast. I mean, is I can there... name several, but I'm a musician. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean... For me personally, like you just hear those, those, just those repetitive notes and, and you hear that do, 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 do. You just melt, you melt. It's Beauty and the Beast. Love is an open door. Great song. Kristen Bell is fantastic. And I I would say that Love is an open door, spoiler alert, is the villain song of uh, Frozen, Mm -hmm. which is kind of fun and ironic, but you can't compete with the romantic beauty of the song Beauty and the Beast, especially Angela Lansbury. You can't, you can't. Sorry, Kristen Bell. <laughs> Andrew? Um, yeah, this is an easy one for me. Um, I don't think Love's an Open Door is that exceptional of a song, to be honest. And I'm just, I'm sorry, but be prepared for me to malign Frozen One on this podcast. Um, <laughs> I think that the Lopez's came into their own on Frozen 2 much more than they did in the music of Frozen 1. Love is an open door. The beat literally does not change for the entire song. I listened to it several times. Um, and like, it is just kick, snare, kick, snare, kick, snare for the entire thing. Verse, chorus, doesn't matter. So like, for me, it doesn't really go anywhere. The only part of the song that has intrigue is I guess, hypothetically, the quirky character of Anna and then maybe the harmonies because harmony is always more interesting. But like even the harmonies aren't like enough to put it over like Beauty and the Beast, the orchestration is sweeping the, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's on a whole different level musically of what it does and what it achieves for me. So, yeah. I mean, after watching the ride through of the Enchanted Tales of Beauty and the Beast from the um, Tokyo um, theme park, I'm ready to fly out there. Beauty and the Beast is just an absolute classic. It, it's it's recognizable. And even when Emma Thompson performed it for the live action, it was still stunning and beautiful. Yeah. Um, it really is one of those songs that t- stands the test of time. 
I think Love is an Open Door is a cute song. It, it's really a fun hero villain duet. Um, it sets up a interesting relationship for the characters. Um, it's very quotable and kids love to um, quote and talk about finish each other's sandwiches. It's a cute song. It does not even battle Beauty and the Beast in my opinion. Tim? Yeah, uh, I agree with everything everybody is saying. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. I don't know what else is to be said. Mm, Robbie? I would like to take you all on a journey. Oh boy. <laughs> when I was a straight. Um, so I did this show in high school and a 15 year old me backstage during this number asked out my last relationship, a female, and we danced to it backstage. You know? Wait, this is cute. That is cute. For one. And then I, poof, I was gay and it all went downhill, so. <laughs> so, so is that a vote for or against? You know? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Angela Lansbury is timeless. She's looked the same way she does now since she was birthed, so. <laughs> Her and Maggie Smith, man. Yeah. They came it, out this way. <laughs> I was like, you know, they were Benjamin Buttons of their own time, but didn't get younger. It's true. Hey, okay, hold on. I have to defend Angela Lansbury here for a second. You need to go back and watch uh, the movie The Harvey Girls. It stars uh, Judy Garland uh, and Ray Bolger reuniting from Wizard of Oz. And Angela Lansbury plays uh, a burlesque madam. And she's the villain, Ooh. and she is sexy as hell. Ooh. She's great. And also, Ooh. her mentoring candidate is terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. She's terrifying in that. But she's an adorable teapot. Mm -hmm. I know, later on. Well, she had to go through the murder she wrote phase. She yes. had to go along and murder people. And then, <laughs> and then, and then she made that I... wonderful um, wellness video um, <gasps> that Devin Green has lipped up, and it's hilarious. If you have not seen it, I recommend that too. Um, but it looks like we got a sweep for Beauty and the Beast, and Beauty and the Beast will be moving on. Um, the audience was 85% Beauty and the Beast, 15% Love is an Open Door. So, statistics. 15%. Next, we have number nine, I Won't Say I'm in Love, verse number 56, Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. Andrew, start us off. Um, yeah, this is another easy one for me. I mean, I think Hercules is, is criminally underappreciated for how fun and enjoyable some of its music is. Um, and so, like, Winnie the Pooh is cute, but let's be honest, it starts out with an eighth note walk through syllables of words, and it gets faster as it goes, but it really just repeats the same words, and um, Chubby Little Cubby is, like, cute, but, like, not enough to put it over uh, Meg with a chorus backing her up, and just, like, my only real issue with I Won't Say I'm In Love is that like many Hercules songs, it's a little like short. I almost wish it had like just a little something more, but like if, for me, it's clearly over Winnie the Pooh, just in terms of which song am I gonna like sit there and listen to and bop to and enjoy more often. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely giving my vote to I Won't Say I'm In Love um, as much as I love the Sherman Brothers. The, the, this is no contest, um, I think. Every gay has performed it either live or in their bathroom at some point. Um, it's a classic song. Meg is incredible. And that's my vote here. Tim? 
Isn't the woman who sings it, wasn't she like the original Belle on Broadway? Susan no. Egan. <laughs> the woman. Thank you. <laughs> yes. uh, I love it. Absolutely. It's, I'm in love. And I was listening to The Little Mermaid, the Broadway show the other day, and I was reminded of how much it reminds me of uh, She's in Love. And so I listen to those two back to back now because they're so fun, boppy. It's got that fun like 60s groove and mm -hmm. I'm all about it. So absolutely my vote is I won't say I'm in love. All right, Robbie. Solely because I know it's not gonna win, I'm gonna give my vote to Winnie the Pooh because there is something so nostalgic about it. I love Hercules to death. I like, apparently when I was a toddler, I saw the movie four times in theaters, was obsessed with it since I was young. Um, but just for a nostalgia factor, and so it doesn't feel left out, because how can you leave Winnie the Pooh out in the rain, you know? <laughs> just Only give him a honeypot. Just give him a honeypot, he'll be fine. You know, I just, I have to give him one vote, all of that little gaggle of friends. Right. So, yeah. uh, I'm gonna go with, I won't say I'm in love, I, I'm not a huge lover of Hercules, um, but this song was, I remember I saw this movie in the theaters and I remember when this song happened and I remember just lighting up. Um, so it's, I won't say I'm in love because it's Susan Egan, you're right, the original mm -hmm. Belle on Broadway, but you also have LaShawns as one of uh, the singing um, uh, muses. Also Lilius White, yep. you've got Broadway royalty singing this song. How can it not be? I won't say I am in love. It's a good one. I think as long as Robbie's not gonna fight for it, I think I won't say I'm in love, it's moving on. No. I'll just cry about it in the back. <laughs> this vote was 86%, I won't say I'm in love, 14% Winnie the Pooh. All right, we are now going to do number 24, verse number 41. How far I'll go, verse lost in the woods. I will fight to the death for moving lost in the woods one round. I love this song more than anything. It was the first time in watching a Disney film as an adult where my mouth dropped and I felt so happy because of my love for Queen and my love for um, 80s rock music. I think Lost in the Woods is severely underrated. Um, Jonathan Groff is incredible on the song. So my vote, I know it's gonna be a tough battle here. I'm gonna vote for Lost in the Woods. I have to go with how far I'll go. It's a beautiful song. It's so driving. It's so just go out there. It's an amazing I won song. Uh, I know we're not talking about the reprise, but the reprise when she throws the heart of Tafiti away uh, gets me. And when she goes, gets in her grandmother, just the whole song is incredible. And I love how far I'll go. So that's what I'm voting for. All right, Robbie. I'm gonna go with Michael on this one because I, A, I just want to say that the fact that Frozen 2 doesn't have more songs on this, yet Frozen 1 somehow snuck in a few of their sleepers into mm -hmm. this, I'm very disappointed by, because um, I think Frozen 2's music is important to so many different types of people, the songs that are in uh, that show. Retweet. Uh, <laughs> what? Retweet. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I think Lost in the Woods is just, it's so fun. Yeah. And 
like the fact that he sang all of his own harmonies um, for each each one of the the um, the little baby spins and whatnot. Uh, yeah, and it's I like this song. I will sing left, right, and center all day, every day. This is what Me I too. This is what I sing in my car. You so, have a car? <laughs> I do. I'm stuck in the armpit of America. Ah. Uh, uh, you know, okay, I, 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 I don't have strong, specific feelings for either of these songs. Um, so I, I really like How Far I'll Go. I think it is the, today's part of that world. But I'm in agreement with you, Michael, that I do kind of love that Disney has like an 80s rock power ballad. I am torn because I like both these songs, but I don't like love both these songs. So what do you do when you don't have specific feelings? Um, I feel like your audience would be more how far I'll go. Um, but I also want to be a good friend and say, <laughs> in the, you know, in the woods. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go with, how far I'll go, maybe right. because I'm more familiar with it. All right, that's fair. Andrew, you're about to break a tie. You're muted. All right, <laughs> sorry, there's a construction has started up again next door, so I'm trying to not have too much ambient noise to break into the podcast. They literally stopped for two hours, and now that, now that I'm recording, they're like, yeah, let's go again, drill. Um, so I enjoy both when I put these two songs side by side, I actually found a few things to kind of compare between the two, specifically like in the pre-chorus into the chorus, there is a key change in both of them. Mm -hmm. um, so musically, there's a similar structure there. Lost in the Woods does it more interestingly. Lost Ooh. in the Woods makes that key change more interestingly to my ear. Um, I also just appreciate that Lost in the Woods is melodramatic and uses the 80s power ballad style to like justify that and play it in a camp way. Like there is still an emotion there because 80s power ballads had nothing if not emotion. Hello. But also we all knew it was completely over the top and ridiculous. So you're like laughing and also feeling for him all at once. Um, the use of harmonies and the various things that they do to implement the style are like so on point with the 80s power ballad style that like you know, How Far I go, I'll Go is a beautiful song, but like I get more thrilled by the things that are done with Lost in the Woods. So I'm going Lost in the Woods. All right, we oh. have a three, two. Do any of our How Far I'll Go people want to fight for it? No. Well, I got my wish. I know it's not going to probably move any further than this, but I am happy Lost in the Woods is moving on. I'm going to be very curious how your audience responds. They are going to scream at me, but... It's <laughs> called Block Talk. So the vote here was actually 84% How Far I'll Go, 16% Lost in the Woods. Wow, yeah, and I, I, I will say that I think um, Frozen 2 has not gotten the full love it's, it deserves because we are in the pandemic and it has not had a full journey like Moana has. Um, I'll be very curious to see how the song stands the test of time, but I think right now it's a really, really good song because I too feel like I'm lost in the woods right now. 
See, I hear this, the title Lost in the Woods and I just think Lost in the Wilderness from uh, <laughs> Children of Eden. That's, so. yeah, and hey, you, listeners, if, you, if you're stopping listening now because you're pissed off, <laughs> follow me at Sutton Lee Seymour, please. Thank you. <laughs> and quickly unfollow her. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are moving on to number 25 versus number 40. Um, it is Be Prepared versus God Help the Outcasts. Tim, start us off. So this is, this is going to be tough. I know I'm up against some tough people. Uh, these Both these songs are amazing. They're absolutely incredible. Be Prepared is one of my favorite Disney songs of all time. You have Elton John writing a Disney villain song with Jeremy Irons singing 90% of it. And it's just so good. <laughs> it's raw. It's just full of just that seething hatred and anger that you just love. And I love the xylophones in it. And I love the hyenas. And I love the, like, it's scary to talk about now because of where we are, but like the fascist imagery and what Scar wants. And it's just, ugh, it's so disgusting and horrible. And I love it. I love Be Prepared. So that's my vote. All right, Robbie. I'm going to go the opposite and I will fight for God help the outcast because there's something so pure about a moment. It's truly just such a raw and vulnerable moment where she truly is like, I don't have a faith currently and I'm looking for some type of sign to help and to fix this predicament I'm in where everywhere I turn, I see people in love with this faith but I also see the bad side of this faith. Can you answer this question for me? Can you make sense of what's happening? Can you help me when I feel like everywhere I go, I'm wrong and everywhere I go, I'm persecuted and everywhere I go, I am the problem. And it's so, I think for me as a growing up in the Bible Belt in the middle of nowhere in Missouri as, um, someone who used to be very devout, it was kind of this image of always being lost too. And religion was something that always made me feel like I was wrong, but I saw everyone see the good in it. And I wanted to see the good in it too, but I always felt like I didn't belong. And there was this mix up of everything. So this song speaks so much to like the place that I came from and how I had to chart my own course because it felt like no one answering and uh, you know and she kind of does the same thing she's like you know i'm gonna have to take matters into my own hands because i'm asking and asking but i don't feel like someone is answering all right Sutton. well that was very like you that's that was a very beautifully said um it piece of input about that song so i don't want to discredit that because that is absolutely valid and important for me that song god help the outcast it doesn't quite it is beautiful it doesn't quite hit the nostalgia notes for me compared to other songs and i'm sure let's say the song moves forward i don't know if this song could compete against other songs in future lighting so when i'm voting for be prepared i i'm voting for it because when you think of lion king be prepared as one of the first songs you think of. Of course, the Circle of Life, Can't Wait to Be King, Hakuna Matata, Be Prepared. Um, when you think of Hunchback of Notre Dame, I don't think God Help the Outcasts is among the first songs you think of. So I'm coming at this from a pure nostalgic point of view. 
and I don't know if God Help the Outcasts hits that mark for a majority of people. So I'm saying that so it doesn't take away what this song means to Robbie or what this song means to people where this song actually does mean something because uh, I love the imagery. I love Lady Tremaine's cameo in the song uh, in it because she's in there. Look for her. Um, And the message is beautiful. But for me, based on being a villain lover, I have to go with Be Prepared. All right, Andrew. Um, Yeah, so... I'll preface with saying I'm going with Robbie and my vote is for God Help the Outcasts. So that shouldn't be shocking based on my love for Hunchback. Um, <laughs> I, I don't find Be Prepared as remarkable as some people do. I like it. I think it sets a mood really well. I like kind of the march aspects that kind of enhance like the Nazi imagery. Like I get, I get what it's doing. I understand that. I just don't, I've never found it exceptional. And I know that there are some people who like swear by it. So I've always wanted to get that connection with the song, but it's not there. With God Help the Outcasts, I think I always kind of thought it was beautiful, but I wouldn't disagree with you Sutton, even for me as a hunchback lover from my childhood, this one doesn't hit the nostalgia notes for me because this was always the forgettable song, but like, in my adulthood, I have started listening to it and now actually listening to it. Right. And like the message, first of all, the message is so apropos to right now. Cool. You know what I mean? It's like the the contrast of Esmeralda, who is by many in this society branded a heathen, is instead just calling out for help because she all she wants to do is, is see the, her people who have been downtrodden for their entire lives get something to lift them up a little bit. And meanwhile, you have the the general people of Paris who are like oblivious to that, oblivious to their complacency that's contributing to that, who are just asking for wealth and asking for fame and asking for whatever material things that a lot of people in the world do pray for. And, And my personal, I've had a similar experience with religion with Robbie, like to what Robbie said, where I was raised very religious um, it cast me out in many ways, and I have trouble being comfortable with organized religion as a thing for me now. Like, I know that it serves a purpose for other people, and I certainly don't begrudge that to them, but, like, I've seen the selfish ways it gets used and the lack of love in it somehow. So, like, the the two-sidedness of God Help the Outcasts where, yeah, straight up it's just a prayer asking for, like, oh, my people are, are in a terrible situation and always have been, and we just need some help. Um, but also at the same point, there's almost an undertone where it's kind of a, a statement about the religion. It's like, if, if this Christian religion is what it says it is, and it's a loving God and blah, 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 isn't it your duty to help us who have suffered our whole lives? Like, what are, what don't you exist? Help us, you know? Um, so that dichotomy is absolutely beautiful. In terms of music theory, it it uses a cadence, like the Amen cadence, which is kind of atypical. Um, Usually you would go from like a five to a one chord, but this one goes to a four to a one chord, which is very present in church music. So like for setting a prayerful, religious, penitent setting, it does that brilliantly through the whole thing. And then Esmeralda's lamenting lines are really beautifully written as a lamenting prayer because they descend from like 
if a, if a scale is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight notes, they start at the seven and they descend all the way to the two and then they miss the one. So they never resolve. It's a lament without a resolve. And to me, that is beautiful as a prayer setting. Um, and Hadi Mollenhauer's voice is stunning on this song. I've watched many versions of the stage show of Hunchback and like, I just don't think this is a song that needs to be belted and the breathiness that she approaches, even the climax of it is unparalleled. So sorry, that was a lot, but I love this song. <laughs> so it's, it, 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 I, I hear the passion, I hear the emotion and um, it's something to definitely consider from a nostalgic perspective. I think if this, if Be Prepared was up against other Hunchback songs, I might have more of a sway over to it um but like as a kid i just remember me and my brother being like no king no king la 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 <laughs> there, there there's something for me about be prepared as one of those great moments of you want to hate scar even more because it's terrifying um and i i know um in the podcast we've discussed the the imagery of the green smoke um with disney villains and it, that whole sequence is terrifying and there's be Prepared is, I think, one of those top songs in The Lion King compared to Hunchback. I don't know if God Help the Outcast is one of those top songs. It's beautiful. I mean, then you have the Bette Midler cover. Um, all right. I mean, so obviously my vote is for Be Prepared, and I think we're going to have some discussion to sway somebody. So, Robbie, go ahead. I have a question because all of us being men, um, when you think of Hunchback, we are automatically going to think of Out There. But for women, I think they are automatically going to think of God Help the Outcast. So I think when we when we say, because I will say too, if I think of Hunchback, I'm immediately going to think of Out There. But See, and, I, and I'm the opposite where for me, like my favorite song from Hunchback is Topsy Turvy. I love that and Bells of Notre Dame because that's one of my favorite characters. Like, that's where I go for uh, Hunchback. But also, how do we credit a song that wasn't sung completely by the person who was singing it as okay. well? Okay, hold on. Let's talk about that for a second. So, <laughs> all right, Jeremy Irons could only sing, as Tim mentioned, 90% of the song because he blew out his chords, which, fun fact, Jim Cummings, a.k.a. the voice of Winnie the Pooh, came to finish singing the song. However, do you think... Demi Moore sang any of God Help the Outcasts? Zero percent. No, but Heidi Mellenhauer sang it all beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but why didn't Demi Moore do it? Where's Demi? I want to hear the Demi Moore version of God Help the Outcast. It's going to be sing? like hearing the Audrey Hepburn tapes of her singing My Fair Lady. It's going to be terrible. I would take the opposite aggressive stance here, and I'd say, why couldn't Heidi Mollenhauer voice Esmeralda? Why do you always need to put a big name? Put the singer on. It was the yeah, 90s. I, we didn't know any better. I got the singer for the Beauty and the Beast remake, too. That still pisses me off. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a Disney trend. So this, um, we keep talking about the nostalgic factor of Be Prepared, but I think, one, these are the most opposite songs of all time. I totally. Think, list. You have the like most selfish piece of shit person, Lion, against this woman who is just trying to do better for her people. And right. that's hard because now we have this like morality thing. Um, but also, we keep talking about the nostalgic aspect with, 
God Help the Outcast, but it's such a mature song. And that's the whole oh. thing with Punchback against The Lion King, which is, it's a mature story. The music is so much more mature. There's so much <laughs> happening and there's so much, which is why this is such a hard thing for me because I think God Help the Outcast is absolutely one of the strongest songs in Hunchback. It's a beautiful piece. It's a beautiful number. Absolutely. Yeah, I, don't, well, I, I don't argue with that. I, you can't, I think, especially today, I completely agree that that song today, God Help the Outcast, in, in today of 2020, I think it means so much more today than it did maybe back, when did it come out, 1998? However, though, I, Be Prepared is up there as probably alongside Cruella de Vil as one of the best villain songs. However, the princess, I, mean, I, don't, I don't, I'm gonna call Esmeralda princess. She's not technically a princess, but in terms of your female leading character, this is probably one of the best female leading character songs. Well, now I'm torn, God damn it. Give her uh, her credit, justice. Yes. Esmeralda, Esmeralda was one of the earliest was, female like, characters what? to like, <laughs> Esmeralda was one of the earliest female characters in Disney to really have full agency, like even at the end, given agency in a lot of ways that like many others don't get throughout their whole film. And like, I don't know, I, I hear what you're saying. Like there is, it's, it's Hunchback's maturity almost puts it in a different category from a lot of these other films. So comparing is gonna be weird and hard and you're gonna have to compare across lines that like don't sit next to each other in a parallel way at all, but like, I, for me, that's why it's, it's, it's so easily God Help the Outcasts of these yeah. two, because like the depth to it is so much, like there's so much more to get out of this song. And I know this is us looking at it from an adult perspective, but like we are adults, we're the panel of adults and adults still love Disney in this age. So like, here we are. Um, uh, and like Be Prepared is, is, is a, a, a thrilling villain song of like lust for power, but it's pretty surface. It doesn't oh, yeah. actually give us depth of, scar besides just like i'm straight up evil and want to take the power and like to me that is <laughs> not the most interesting yeah it is a that's a fun way to do a villain song but those aren't the most interesting villain songs for me i want villains yeah that i was are real gonna people. say i'm i'm totally like i'm like 90 percent okay with changing giving it to god help the outcast just because of the context of today but knowing that there is an upcoming villain song that i am absolutely going to murder all of you for down the line so if I do this, if I say, give it to God help the outcasts, uh, just know that uh, you're, 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 I, I'm willing to let one villain song go for another upcoming one. So I just want you to be prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. same, I feel like we're talking about different villain songs though. <laughs> what's gonna be interesting is like, just looking at the bracket, I know it's not maybe the best thing to look do as we decide this, I don't know if, Either of these songs will go past this next round. So I think I'm still for morally want to keep it to be prepared. So that's where I'm going to keep my vote. I'm switching. As okay. am I. I. I really, I, you both did a good job. Cause like, honestly, especially Andrew being like Esmeralda, what you said about her being, she's like the only, she's the first independent voice to like really you know, she's not a princess. She's fighting for her people. I'm, t and that's especially in today's society we live in. I think this song, you know, I think it's due for a, a, a revival, a resurgence. But if you even like, and this this is the line that really always gets me is when she looks at the staff, and goes, "Weren't you once an outcast too?" Totally. 
Like why, like, why are we being so persecuted right now when you were in our spot? Like, mm -hmm. you understand what's going on and why are we still struggling? Well, oh, there boy. we have we, it. God help the outcasts is moving on. <laughs> we just spent 15 minutes on these two songs. It's gonna, <laughs> this is gonna be, this, there's gonna be bloodbaths down the line. Right? Yeah, I, were you um, not ready for this? <laughs> the, audience, oh. the audience went 66% uh, be prepared, 34% God help the outcasts. So oh boy. It, it was, it was wishy-washy. Um, this is the hardest, which one I was most worried about because I love be prepared. I do too. I, I do too. God help the outcasts is so good. It's so good. Yeah. But it, at the same time, be prepared. Though I, I love a good villain song, it is not my favorite villain uh, song. So, it's kind of song itself because even like uh, sing it, I'm like I've got to take the second verse up because this is way yeah. too low. Yeah, and it's even hard sometimes to even figure out like what the melody is. It just kind of repeats the same thing over and over. So you're like, hello. <laughs> it's a lot of speak singing. Yes. Which is which, is, which is a trope of, of villain songs throughout. Like this is actually a historical thing in like operas and music and blah, 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 is you make the hero musical and the villain is less musical. And that's why you get so many villains with character voices traditionally and blah, blah, blah. Like that is what that kind of came from. Also, Scar is one of the few gay characters in Disney. That been confirmed. Yeah, I would just argue, I would <laughs> argue queer trope. coded without being confirmed gay. <laughs> it's that trope of like the dangerous homosexual, the dangerous pansy. How does he fit into the second movie then? Because isn't one of them yes. his? No, is it? Yeah, he has a child. He has a uh, child. His like heir or something. Well, they didn't say it was his kid or like he he's in a loveless him. marriage. Yeah, aren't we all? <laughs> and and, and I, procreating is an act of is an act of friction, not an act of love. It's the adoptive kid. I would argue that her song is better than his song. And sometimes people do go both ways. It's yes. true. There it is. Well, let's move on to our next matchup. <laughs> number eight, be our guest first. Uh, number 57, do you want to build a snowman? Robbie, kick us off. <laughs> the fact that do you want to build a snowman is in this bracket, yet show yourself and next right thing aren't. I tried. I tried. My mind like this there. I don't even remember what the other song we're fighting for, but I'm fighting against do you want to Oh, man. <laughs> I, I am Harry Grande for this entry. Oh. I'm outside of my apartment right now because this is the biggest travesty. <laughs> All right, so you're voting for Be Our Guest. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sutton. Uh, Be Our Guest, it's Jerry Orbach's just, it's just a brilliant song and I won't waste any more time because it's just, it's Be Our Guest. Andrew? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be our guest. I am very much with Robbie on, like, I I would have cut both Do You Want to Build a Snowman and Love is an Open Door for Show Yourself and Do the Next Right Thing. My God. But, yeah, be our guest. That's it. I will also go be our guest. Again, classic, nostalgic. This is definitely a contender for maybe taking it all. Who knows? Um, I, yeah, nothing more to say. Um, do You Want to Build a Snowman is just one of those meh moments for me so i was on that podcast uh-huh our list was horrifically short and there were many songs because michael hates lin-manuel miranda that is true that i would have loved to be on this list that were not on there and then we had to do stuff like do you want to go to snowman i'm i'm voting for be i guess i want to make that very very clear but 
this is not my fault. <laughs> but it isn't my I fault. I was given those beans. Of whatever horrible nonsense. What? It's someone's fault, and I need to know whose. <laughs> Hariola. I blame Hariola. Hariola oh. was very much Frozen One, like, truther. I'm going to text her right now. <laughs> she must have been, like, drunk. Let's all group text her. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that one was easy. Hold on. <laughs> Be our guest is moving on. That's yeah, guys, one, we're right? a quarter of the way through the first round, 45 minutes in. <laughs> this is going to be fun. All right. Hi, Hariola, everyone's really pissed off at you for really pushing forward. Uh, do you want to be a snowman? Do you want to build a snowman? I got to go. I got to go. I need alcohol. Okay, bye. <laughs> do you want to be a snowman is a whole different song. <laughs> Um, that's, audience, that's Elsa's retort. Like, Anna, yeah. do you want to be a snowman? Because shut up and get out of my face. The audience on this one went 84% be our guest, 16% do you want to build a snowman. So I think it's, everyone agrees. Gary <laughs> um, performance at the Oscars that year was so good. It was so good. <laughs> Some well, of these voters, I need, to, I need to know who they are. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if there were people who were just contrarian on purpose. I think they because how did try everything get 30% over when you wish upon a star? Sorry. <laughs> Who knows? Well, let's move on to our next round. We're going into the classics. Number four, Once Upon a Dream versus number 61, Hi-Ho. Sutton? Hi. Oh. Well, as a ho myself. Um, just kidding. I, okay, I have, I have um, some issues because uh, I, I love Once Upon a Dream. But it's it, it the music. It's all based off of the ballet, so it's not technically original music. Am I right? Well, Once Upon a Dream was written before, before they did the full shift over into basing it off the ballet. That was the one song that they kept. That's all I needed to hear. It's Once Upon a Dream final <laughs> answer. <laughs> all right. I will do whatever I can to help you with this. <laughs> Andrew. Uh, yeah. This is. Uh, here's the thing. For, I do want to give a shout out to the very first hi ho. Whichever gentleman sang that, his vowel for oh. mixing that ho is perfection. <laughs> Besides that, it's Once Upon a Dream. <laughs> um, Mary Costa, of the female vocalists on this list, Mary Costa's voice, like the texture of it, is one of my like top like four, three favorites. Like it's just the way she does the like nah. Like that whole section, like she just, it's beautiful. And then it's a lovely duet. And then you get the Disney chorus and it's all put together. Like it's dreamy, it's beautiful, it's a great song. I really, really, really want to say hi-ho, but it's not gonna go anywhere or do anything. Um, again, classic song, but there's something special about Once Upon a Dream and I will put my vote there. Uh, I have to go with Once Upon a Dream. It is the ultimate Disney princess song, I think. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's danceable. Um, I think Eileen Woods is my favorite Disney princess voice, but Mary Cost is very close. Eileen Woods uh, is also excellent. <laughs> her voice is like butter. It's butter. It's, it's so butter. smooth. Uh, but yes, Once Upon a Dream. What say you, Prince Philip? Um, Y'all are forgetting about how beautiful Prince Vil Philip's voice is as well. Just his speaking voice. I think he has the best Prince voice across the board. It's so rich with baritone, like color and, uh, and yeah. even the beginning of this song when she's just walking through the woods and she's like, oh, like those little trills down. I, uh, 
Like you hear that and you immediately know what's coming. And then when they go together, it's just- This so is also what I compare this to. The formula of this song is very similar to I'm Wishing One Song, but um, Philip's voice doesn't come in as aggressive as, <laughs> as the Prince of Snow ah! He comes in hard in that song. Whereas this one, he just like, comes in and know. still startles her, but it's like pleasant to listen to. And then adds the choir at the end. So the formula is, is much improved here. It's speaking voice. It's I'm like, you could stab me with like that sword. <laughs> oh my. Oh boy. Well. Hide the body, just do whatever. It's a podcast of gays. That was coming eventually. You know? What? Tuck it at me. Just check it. Fairies will be behind you leading it. <laughs> All right, well, we got five for Once Upon a Dream. That was easy. <laughs> and Michael's like, we're just going to move on. <laughs> this one um, was very interesting audience-wise. It was 52% Once Upon a Dream, 48% Hi-Ho. I... I think they haven't listened to the songs and they were just going off of memory. It's possible. Memory from cats. Very interesting. Um, <laughs> that's my response. <laughs> that was sarcasm. Just so good, good, good. All right, we are doing what is, uh, at this point, our first movie versus movie showdown. Um, number 29, The Bare Necessities versus number 36, I Want to Be Like You. Andrew, kick it off. This stresses me out. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, this is one of the ones that I, I wrote down my pick, but I have switched it several times. It is, it is marked as 49% one way, 51% the other way in my brain. So like, if one of y'all wants to fight for one really hard, I'm very swayable here. Um, I like both, they're both incredibly classic. I just, there's something about Louis Prima that made me lean that way and I'm giving it to I wanna be like you. I will agree. Um, I was very upset to see that this was the matchup, um, but I think there's something incredible about I wanna be like you. There have been some incredible covers of the song. It is a standard. Um, as much as The Bare Necessities is a strongly written, written lyrical song and a um, beautiful moment in the show, I Want to Be Like You just stands out much more to me, and that's where my vote is lying. Tim? I agree. I want to be like you. Uh, it's fun. It's bouncy. It's got one of my favorite scat sections in any kind of piece of music. Uh, yeah. That's all I have to say. Next. As a fully trained alto myself, yeah. Bare Necessities is too difficult to sing. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's just like I think they both serve this purpose in a uh, purpose in this movie. But I just, yeah, want to be like you is just so much fun, and it's used in almost at least like the self is used in every Disney show. Like it's in Fantasmic. I'm pretty sure it's in um, Happily Ever After as well. Like it just goes across the board. Sutton? Um, I, it's I Wanna Be Like You because uh, I listened to both uh, a number of times and I find myself bouncing a little bit more to I Wanna Be Like You. And uh, it's it's more of a tenory song, and it it just it it's it feels more satisfying as as a listen. Bare Necessity is very very good, but th there's a release, and I want to be like you. That's just a little more satisfactory. Yeah, I think this was a it was a hard one, but like I personally am sad that both these songs aren't moving to the next round because I think they should. Um, but 
of the two of them, I think we all lean this way. The audience as well. Bear Necessities got 45%. I want to be like you got 55%. So. And that feels right. <laughs> Monkey wins. Christopher Walken moves on. I have He's a response from Hariola, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and is an ape. Monkeys have tails. Orangutan. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Have fun. <laughs> All right. We are moving on to number 20. Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo versus number 45. Bella Note. Um, I think this is just incredibly easy for me personally. It's Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. I mean, oh. I love this nonsense song so much. It is a classic. Um, it is a classic Disney moment. Um, for me, it can do no wrong. Um, that is where my vote is going. Of all the songs that end up on here from Cinderella, this is the one that I was not hoping would be it. Um, and I'm a sucker for Italian, Italian food, and a mandolin, so I have to go for Bellinate. Okay. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful, fun moment. It's recreated all over the place and all over Instagram with people's weird dogs that they try to do weird human things with. So I just got to go with Bellinate. Okay, Robbie. I am also a fan of Italian food. Um, <laughs> I really like large meatballs. Um, so that sounds right. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> sorry, Prescott. Um... <laughs> what did I say? So is we... your... uh, is your vote for Bella Note then? Um, well, I was going to preface with if you would listen to the classics, um, I tried to get So This Is Love in over Bippity Boppity Boo because mm. I'm better, but we have a Bippity Boppity Boo fanatic in gotcha. um, but I'm going with Bella Note because you know you just gotta sometimes roll a ball with your face wow <laughs> wow the visuals um, speaking of visuals there is uh, honestly this is one of the most uh, cinematic the most romantic moment in cinematic history with the spaghetti noodle and I would say all five of us like a good noodle in our mouth, but how is it not even better with a nice little kiss at the end? Don't, so don't even look at me if you're gonna throw <laughs> things at you. What, I, I'm talking about food, Robbie. I was as well. <laughs> sure, I'm sure, sure, sure you were. Uh, it's gotta be Bella Note, just for the pure romance of it all. Okay, Andrew. Um, yeah, I'm also gonna go with Bella Note. I, I don't tend to like love love songs for the most part because I don't think they have much of a journey usually. No, they just sort of sit in a spot. Um, but Bella Note adds harmonies. It's lovely. The 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 I don't know. And for me, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Like, don't get me wrong. A nonsense song can be fun, but it is still that nonsense. Like literally. There is a verse where the fairy godmother just goes, and I'm like, she forgot literally the nonsense words. <laughs> that was a great Bernadette Peters impersonation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so it's, it's yeah, I, I don't, like, I find love songs generally sappy. I don't know if this is because I'm asexual and I just hate love and feelings. I'm not sure, but oh my. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. I'm just going to give it to Bella Note and we'll leave it there for now. That's fine. I mean, I'm not going to personally fight for this. I think it's a great song. It's a great moment. Um, both um, f are featured in the parks in a way. You have um, 
Tony's and you also have Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. They're they're both classic Disney. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna fight for it. So Bell and Note moves forward. The audience was 69% Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, 31% wow. Bell Bella Note. They're gonna hate us! Hooray! <laughs> That's the fun of this. Um, we are going on to number 13 versus number 52, and that is A Whole New World versus Perfect Isn't Easy. And we're gonna start with Tim. I mean, it has to be A Whole New World. There, there's no other choice. I love Bette Midler. I love Georgette. Uh, but yeah, it's A Whole New World. It has to be. Robbie? Um, I don't think it has to be. <laughs> I actually am not a huge Aladdin fan, other than Robin Williams himself. Um, other than that, I don't, like I've never felt a connection to the movie. And I think Perfect Isn't Easy is such an amazing, like it's so showgirl, 11 o'clock number, um, and A Whole New World is just another love song and you know i know it is one of the most popular love songs but i am going to vote for the underdog literally and for that poodle so all right sutton uh i really enjoy perfect isn't easy i think it's such a great setup for who georgette the little poodle is i especially love the end i love a good like building beat you know and, and a good i love a good patter there's a lot of good things about that song but when it comes to a whole new world um it's it's a release there's this tension between aladdin and jasmine um because he's lying he's not being honest and this is the first moment where there's a release of tension on jasmine's side and there's a release of his lies um he can be he's being himself when he's when they're on this magic carpet and you can feel that in the music and i especially love and i think that's represented in a lot of the chord progressions and andrew can probably talk on that a little bit more if he's voting for a whole new world but i just think there's a a beautiful release in a whole new world um because you have two characters one who is a princess who's also a prisoner in her own palace and aladdin who is poor and is does, is not really experienced in the world and so now they're both experiencing not just romance but they can experience this whole new world together and that's why i am voting for a whole new world all right andrew uh yeah i i <laughs> i'm gonna slightly disagree and say that i don't think perfect isn't easy as a song is all that exceptional i think that midler is exceptional that's good. Um, that's my take. Uh, A Whole New World is one of my more liked Disney love songs, I guess. And I don't necessarily know that I've been able to like quantify exactly in words why that is. I think a part of it is that like, I mean, number one, it sits on the, the Lydian mode scale, which is like the wonder scale, which so many fucking Disney songs do because they're like magic, woo. Um, but I think part of it is that it's like, there's melodies and counter melodies played with as opposed to just like a straight, like let's do harmony in thirds. They do kind of a call and response with some counter melodies. And then the harmony that does finish up the song feels like Aladdin's harmony is not the easily predictable harmony for the end of the song. And I appreciate that little touch. 
just like if you're gonna make it a duet don't be basic about it and it's not like completely basic so i'm giving it to a whole new world i am too i think it's possibly my favorite um love song in the disney um canon it's definitely something i remember it's a beautiful moment it's magical and i i'm excited to see if how it's going to match up for the next round um but i i I think it's possibly the song from aladdin so my vote is for a whole new world and it's leia salonga she's amazing it's true (laughs) hey uh prescott have has called a lot of based on lies this one is still another one even though he's letting his gun (laughs) still lie expose her no, 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 no. This is his first opportunity where he is releasing the lies. He's being he honest for the first royal, time. Fake royal garb. He's still wearing it. He's still falsely trying to get in her little panties. Yeah, but you were also 25 minutes late, so. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this would come into play. I knew it. I, I, will say, I will say you can use that as a point against Prescott, but I don't give a shit if a song is lying. Lie away. If it's a good song, I'll take it. The audience, the audience went uh, 84% New World, 16% Perfect Isn't Easy. Just to throw those stats out there. All right, are we ready for our next one? Um, we got number 12, A Dream Is Wish Your Heart Makes, versus number 53, Why Should I Worry? So we got Oliver and Company back. Robbie, kick us off. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> a Dream Is a Wish Your Heart Makes, versus Why Should I Worry? Oh, I mean, I love Billy Joel, but um, I'm going to have to go with uh, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. Um, You know, yeah. (laughs) All right. I I mean, I I just, I, I think it's too popular, too iconic and classic, too let why should i worry beat it um even though i love both of those songs i I think it's it's too much of a staple for disney oh yeah it's a dream of wishes your heart makes it's it's just uh it's up there with when you wish upon a star it's classic it's the foundation of disney music if you if you poo poo that sorry uh it's a dream is a wish your heart makes andrew I'm here to poo-poo it. <sighs> um, honestly, here's the thing. I acknowledge the cultural importance. I acknowledge that it's iconic. I go back and listen to it and she sings eight bars and she repeats the same lyrics twice. It doesn't have substance. That is my concern with The Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. Eileen Woods, like we've talked about, Eileen Woods has a rich, stunningly beautiful voice and I would listen, if she would sing this song for two, three minutes, I would listen. And I wish she did. Um, but the song doesn't like have enough. If I'm gonna criticize Hercules for being too short with its like minute 45, two minute songs, this song's substance is like half a minute at most. Um, and I do love Billy Joel. And I think it uh, is, I think that Why Should I Worry is the standout song from Oliver and Company. Um, I think it's fun. I think it introduces him and his relationship with the city really well. And yeah, I absolutely have a bias because I love Billy Joel. But like, I, 
I don't know. I, I'm close. It's not like this is a landslide for me. But I just, when there is so little substance to the actual song, I'm taking a lot of cultural impact and like legendariness out of my judging of these and judging songs as pieces of music solely. And so okay, that's I'm gonna remember that. Is. I'm gonna remember that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I think Why Should I Worry is the song from Oliver and Company, but I was shocked to see this song land at number 12. I thought it was going to be so much higher because I, I think this is one of the Disney anthems. Um, I have to give my vote to A Dream Is What Your Heart Makes. It's, it's, it's Disney. This is, it's all about dreams and wishes. And this song is the epitome of that. So that is where my vote lies. Again, of all the songs in Cinderella that don't appear on this list. Um, but I love, I have to go, a dream is a wish. That's my vote. What what song did you want to land on this? So list? this is love. It's yeah. amazing. I fought I fought so hard for that song to be on there, but they you only are said an I, angel. They only said I could pitch one song, and I had to go with one song from Snow White because without that one, we wouldn't have. So this is love. Oh like, right, because Mike I'll, did not include. So this is love on I the original didn't list. I did on the original list, and there were other. <laughs> who had the opportunity to fight for it, but they did not pitch it. Well, this is- this Well, that's is not helpful. Now. It's like me. I wanted Shiny to be on this list, but I could only pitch one song. You left off Oliver. Oliver's a frog. All right, so- This is a sham, is what this is. It's a fascist takeover of this Disney list by the it's people true. I'm not. I'm not gonna fight this one, like, I, my vote remains where it remains, but I have planted the seeds for um, future discussions of A Dream Is A Wish Your Heart Makes and why I love the song, but don't love it more than some things. The audience was A Dream Is A Wish Your Heart Makes at 68%, Why Should I Worry at 32%. Yeah, audience, come through. <laughs> next, still next up is number 21, Into the Unknown, verse number 44, Baby Mine, starting mm -hmm. off with Suddenly Seymour. Okay, so. Uh, I am going with Baby Mine because no other song makes me weep as hard as that song. Into the Unknown is a good song. I prefer the, the, the cover version of it. Um, so good. So good. What, what, something at the disco, what are they called again? Panic at the Disco. That's the one. I was, I was, I'm not a huge pop music kind of person, but I do, I do prefer... Panic at the Disco's version of Into the Unknown over Adina Menzel's version. Baby Mine, it just, call me, call me a mama's boy, but it just, uh, it just makes me tear up when I think about that song and mothers and their children. And that's, that's it, hit all, it hits all the, uh, the heartstrings. It hits all the chords. All right, Andrew, what do you think? Um, I, I could be swayed on this one, I'm leaning into the unknown. Um, I like Show Yourself more than Into the Unknown of Elsa's two songs in Frozen 2. Mm -hmm. However, I think that this song does more for me than Baby Mine ultimately does. And maybe this is because I was never a huge Dumbo fan. So even though this song does have some emotional depth to it, doesn't have much else supporting it for me. Um, and the only thing I remember about 
Like I remember the hippos breathing in the, the water tank more than I remember some parts of the song. Um, but the chorus part in Baby Mine is a little bit like haunting and beautiful. So like, I will give it that, like the choir. Um, but yeah, I, Into the Unknown just like goes a few more directions and does a few more things for me that succeed. I don't think it's like the most exceptional lyrics, um, but it's, uh, I put it above Baby Mine. So that's where I'm at. I also prefer Show Yourself Over Into the Unknown, but something about Into the Unknown does stuff to me. It is an exciting song. Um, again, that cover by Panic at the Disco is one of the best Disney covers, I think. Um, Baby Mine is a beautiful song, um, but I'm always someone who will lean toward listening to something up-tempo than a ballad. And for this one, I will go Into the Unknown. Tim? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Baby Mine. Same with Sudden. I just cry every time. I can be easily swayed to Into the Unknown. I'm pretty split on this one, but it's just so sad. Oh, Robbie really knows what's about to happen. I know. <laughs> <sighs> um, okay. I don't cry because I'm heartless. They'll say that Baby Mine like pulls at the one, like at my aorta heartstring, like just the one that I have right there. Um, and, but if I had to choose a song to amp me up before I went into battle to kick some, you know, um, cause I don't know what I can and can't say on this podcast. You can oh, say I've, anything already, you want. I've already said several worse words than that. <laughs> If I wanted to go and kick some ass, I think, like, if I had to choose a Disney song, that would be, like, one of them. Be like, yes, let's go. Let's, like, you know. Um, and solely for the fact that Katy Perry ruined Baby Mine. <laughs> wearing, wearing that elephant costume and then putting her dog in one as well. <laughs> Wait, when did this happen? It was for Idol last year. It was for the Disney Live thing, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, here. she did. A, yeah, and for American yeah, Idol when they that. taped it. I'm switching. <laughs> if you if you have not, <laughs> it is the most uncomfortable thing I've seen. I think she's a wonderful artist. I just think she's made some interesting choices. I won't call them questionable because I don't want to question them. Um, but. <sighs> Yeah, I'm just going to have to go with Into the Unknown because I am so in love with the Frozen 2 soundtrack. I still think there's a disservice with two very important songs not being on here. And we have like a wild card category, like where they come in and just take over. No, no. Yeah, like we get down to the final one and then we just bring in a Frozen 2 song to fight against it. <laughs> Next right. Does anyone want to fight for Baby Mine to... I'm just going to say this. You have to consider the source material. You can't judge. You can't... You say this then when you say you like the Panic of the Disco cover more no, than... No, 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 no. I don't... What I said was the original version is the Adina Menzel version. I don't care for that version. I care for the Panic at the Disco version. I'm considering agree. the original. What Robbie is doing is, oh, uh, I don't like baby crying elephants. You're making elephants cry. 
<laughs> oh, because I was going to vote for in, Into the Unknown anyway over Baby Mine. Are like, you saying Are you saying that Adina Menzel's version is better than Panic at the Disco then? I'm not saying it's better, but I do enjoy it. And I think that, you know, even though she's not everyone's favorite singer, I think she has a lot of stuff under her belt. And anyone that wants to come for her, you better have just as many credits and just as much popularity. Do you so, know what's under her belt? Do you know what's under her belt? Oh nodes. <laughs> lots and lots of nodes. Listen, so, but- I'm, I don't need to fight for it anymore. We can, it's into the unknown. We can move on. ...than I've ever had, and I will support her for that. You know, she's gotten through, and she's made it work. Nodes suck, but... But not as, nothing sucks as hard as you, Robbie. <laughs> I, no, I'm a nun, and they don't allow us to do that here in the convent. The audience was 79% Into the Woods, 21% Baby Mine. Into the Unknown. Oh, sorry. I'm tired. The audience prefers Into the Woods over Baby Mine. So I think all I saw was Into, and I was like, that's where my mind goes. So that's why. Break in between before we. Yeah, we can take a pause after we finish this round. Bless. Next up. Number 28, I See the Light. Number 37, Dig a Little Deeper. Starting off with Andrew. Um, all right. I... Yeah, I'm going with what I thought I was going with. I'm going to go for Dig a Little Deeper. I think it is an incredibly fun song. I think I See the Light is a love duet. I think the, the lantern scene is remarkable. The song, mm, for me. Um, I don't think it does anything like incredibly exceptional, like Zachary Levi's attractive, Flynn Rider's attractive, cool, cool, cool. That doesn't like make the song great. Um, <laughs> Dig a little deeper is like, first of all, Jennifer Lewis is phenomenal. Like she can do no wrong. She could do anything in that song and I would love it. And then Anika Nani Rose is one of the recent female vocalists in Disney that I find to have the most pleasant voice to listen to. Like her belt is so clear. She's, I love the way she approaches notes. So like her having that final belt in this song just like kind of puts it over the top for me. So I'm going dig a little deeper pretty hard. I too will be digging very hard for dig a little deeper. Um, this, so I, I think I see the light is one of the most boring overrated moments um, in recent Disney history. Dig a little deeper is stunning. And the moment I realized I am a big fan of this song was watching a YouTube video where someone overlaid Dig a Little Deeper onto what could potentially be the moment um, in Splash Mountain on the, um, the ferry boat. And I was like, that's it. This song is brilliant. I'm very excited to hopefully hear Dig a Little Deeper in the Disney parks for years to come. So my vote is going to Dig a Little Deeper. Tim? I Dig a Little Deeper. This was one of my big gripes about our original 21st century list that it was left off. And it's so good. I love Dig a Little Deeper. So yes, that's my vote. Sutton? It's Robbie. Oh, oh Robbie, sorry. Wow, Robbie oh. Erasure. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not needed, obviously. <laughs> Robbie? Um, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to go the opposite route. As much as I do enjoy Dig a Little Deeper, and it's probably my favorite song from Princess and the Frog. 
I, I love that soundtrack. I think it's a beautiful soundtrack. I think it's going to make a wonderful addition to the Disney parks um, in ride form. Uh, but I think uh, See the Light um, is, it's just such, I think this is what like a whole new world does for other people. I think I See the Light um, does that for me because it is that breakdown of she's, she is just completely open, pure, and she's uh, wonderful. And he just like breaks down all of his walls and his guards that he's had to be free of trying to be this independent person this whole time, trying to say that these things don't matter and then realizing, you know what, I found the person that made them matter to me and made them important to me. And I think it's just such a stunning scene. I know you want to separate the scene from the song, but if you put them both together, I think it is truly so stunning. And um, yeah. All right, Sutton. Um, I think it's digging a little deeper for me. I see the light is is a very very pretty song, but I think it, it relies on the visual of those lanterns to make it successful as it is in the film. But just listening to it doesn't have the same magical quality. I would say Beauty and the Beast and A Whole New World have, mm-hmm. um, and that's just a personal preference um, because uh, the, the the notes the notes don't strike a chord in my uh, aorta <laughs> as much as uh, Robbie's. So dig a little deeper. All right, dig a little deeper, moving on. The audience was 58% I see the light, 42% dig a little deeper. Rounding out this final round in this part of the bracket, should be easy. Number five, Poor Unfortunate Souls versus number 60, The Unbirthday Song. I mean, well, maybe don't uh, preface it with biasing us against one song or the other. Well, I, I mean, I'm the one that starts it off, but I mean, <laughs> is I mean, this is possibly the greatest Disney villain song as well. The, uh, Poor unfortunate souls for the absolutely gets my vote here. Wasn't Elaine Stritch almost going to do it? Isn't yes, to... she was There's... deemed too drunk to do it. Oh, good for her. <laughs> if I had a nickel. It's got to be Poor Unfortunate Souls for me. I love it. I love Cabaret. I love that whole vibe. So, yeah. Um, for personal reasons, this song sits in a very tender spot. <laughs> um, poor They've cream for that. What? They've cream for that. Oh. oh. <laughs> no, no. It's, it sits in my aorta in the wrong oh. way. <laughs> um... And you know, just just to be a pain, because <laughs> I like I I enjoy providing entertainment. Um, I'm gonna vote for the teacup song. Okay, okay. <laughs> so this is going to murder someone. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, it's Poor Unfortunate Souls. It is the greatest villain song ever. Um, Tim, to go deeper, to dig a little deeper on your uh, factoid about Elaine Stritch, before Elaine Stritch, they originally offered it to B. Arthur, uh, <coughs> but she was too busy filming Golden Girls, and that's when they went to Elaine Stritch, 
Um, Wasn't Joan Collins considered too? You know, that one I don't know. I don't know that one, but they ended up with Pat Carroll and she's still voicing. And you can hear the similarities between Pat Carroll's voice. You could totally hear B. Arthur singing that song, right? Um, so uh, uh, just because it is a perfect villain song, just because it's, yes, it's based in deception, but it is furthering the plot. It is furthering Ariel's story. It is helping Ursula get what, get what she wants. Um, it, and that's is why Alan Menken and Howard Ashman are genius musical storytellers, because not only do they help further the plot, but they can do it with such exciting music and spectacle. Uh, there's a reason why it, it, it is the best Disney villain song, and if not the best Disney song ever. That being said, for unfortunate souls. Andrew? Um, I've also made a lot of money singing this song, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, the uh, chaotic energy is coming out of me right now. Oh no. <laughs> Um, I, there's, so I think Poor Unfortunate Souls is the better song. However, I think it is overrated mm -hmm. as a song. Um, but you've never seen me sing it, so we'll talk well, later. Well, you know, we'll, we'll talk. You can perform <laughs> for me later and maybe I'll change the whole podcast. I'll make Mike edit in my vote differently. Um, <laughs> I'm going to vote for the Unbirthday song. Wow. wow. Okay. You said that the, uh, a dream is a wish your heart makes is too short yeah. and lyrically uninteresting. I'm being completely honest about this because we know Prescott does not like lies. Um, I'm just doing this for chaotic energy and to take a strike at the Little Mermaid. I mean, I'm not, I don't think the three of us are changing our votes. Um, no, I think I'm not going to fight it. Um, but that's interesting. The audience, this was, I think, the most difficult definite uh it was 97 percent poor unfortunate souls three percent on birthday song listen i'm not saying there's anything wrong with using a song to deceive i just you know i just like it i just uh don't like lies because uh that's a per personal preference i feel like there's a, and, a lot a lot of story changing going up on <laughs> um you know um I think, I think we're retconning some new uh, new definitions in here, aren't we? Hold on, um, like what's going on here? Let's see, let's see, let's see. What? Uh, okay, great. You know, I'm gonna change my vote. I would like to go back and 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 uh, <laughs> have it have it be love is an open door. It's. it's not, <laughs> I mean, that's not gonna change anything. It doesn't. Know, it doesn't affect a thing. <laughs> I know, just teasing. All right, our next matchup is number two, Circle of Life, first number sixty-three. Welcome, Tim. What do you say? Circle of life. There's no there. Yeah, that's it. Bye. Done. I think that's easy, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robbie put on his ears and become a little brat. Become. Yeah. <laughs> you know, remember when you said Four Unfortunate Souls" um, is overrated? I think it's because of one certain someone who sings it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't let you talk about Pat Carroll that way. <laughs> oh, I wasn't Pat Carroll talking about um... Queen Latifah. She's great. She is. She was great. She tried her darndest. Tried so hard. It was. It was Dustin Lee Seymour. We're talking about Circle of Life now, darling. 
I know. Um, all right. I will say, just be prepared for uh, <laughs> me to argue against Circle of Life coming up. I think it is so iconic itself, but it is one that without the imagery, if we're if we're pulling that game now without the imagery, I don't think it is as great as it is in the movie. Okay. Don't that. <laughs> so your vote? I will vote for Circle of Life this round, even though I think Phil Collins is being highly underrated. It's Elton John. What? Oh, well, you're talking about, about Welcome. Okay, I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> I Tim has already forgotten what the competitor was. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I'm still confused why this one beat the other main song in. Yeah, I uh, thought On My Way wasn't on there. That was the whole point, because then whoever didn't show up to ours right. pushed a song that was some other song. Correct. And I was confused why On My Way wasn't on there, too. Mm. So this is a setup issue <laughs> and not an us issue. So, Fair. All right. What a, I'll be honest. I don't think it's the biggest tra travesty in the world because On My Way would not have won the whole thing for me. That's so. true. Eh. That's very true. All right. You so stick that I'm just going to say Circle of Life. And all I'll say is you're wrong. It, it is a stunning, stunning song on its own. Because if you go back and listen to Elton John, the original version before the film came came out, it is, it's it's just it's just perfect. Elton John is a songwriter. I can't. I think, in terms of musical artists, I think Elton John is in my top three. Uh, and Circle of Life, I remember as a kid listening to it in my mom's minivan on ninety three point nine Kiss FM, The Light in Chicago. I remember the first time hearing it and just thinking what is this song and i loved it so i don't think it needs the visuals and that's all i'll say about it circle of life final answer correct right, um i'm gonna take a middle ground between where uh robbie and prescott are sitting on this where i don't i think the visuals absolutely enhance the song and are wonderfully oh, yeah. stunning and iconic they do i do think it stands alone I also think it's a little overrated. So I'm kind of just putting my... Because it's good! I mean, yes. Oh, yeah, Lane, I'm putting... Uh, so I have a tally for anytime someone yells or anytime someone cries, and I'm putting that one down. <laughs> <laughs> Are they individual, so I got my, my own little category? Oh, yeah, they're, they're all over here. I have one for Ruined My Life. Um, <laughs> Perfect. I, you need to take a picture of that when we're all done. Yeah, this is great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just basically going to put my, dip my toe in all of the buckets that everyone's talked about and agree with everyone so that I'm uh, conflict avoidant for this one, but I'm picking Circle of Life. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Sandra. Yeah. Down. It's only for this one. I'm going to switch that up real That's fast. the crash of opinions. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely going to vote for Circle of Life. I think it's interesting that we both, we, this round is, uh, narrative songs as opposed to sung by the actual characters. Um, I think Welcome is a cute song. Disney Parks have used it before. Brother Bear, not a memorable movie. The Lion King, maybe one of the best Disney movies. I, I think Circle of Life has to take it, and I don't know if we need to say anything else on it. Robbie, are you marking down every time someone rolls their eyes, too? <laughs> he is now. <laughs> no, because...
I can keep track of myself. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll be out. The audience for this was 93% Circle of Life, 7% Welcome. So another blowout. Next up is number 31, You Can Fly, versus number 34, The Bells of Notre Dame. And all I will say is this is a number one song from one person versus a number one song from another person. Robbie, you get to start. All I'm saying is that this is the biggest travesty of matchups of matchups because I like Peter Pan is such an important story to me and and Bells of Notre Dame has like one of my favorite lines of any song in like what makes a monster and what makes a man and um, I am just I'm torn but Peter Pan will always win out for the fact that I think this song inspires so many people, whereas I think Bells of Notre Dame, as beautiful as the Olim that comes in in the beginning is, I think that's a narrative song. And I think one does more than the other. And so my vote is for You Can Fly. All right, Sutton. Sorry, I was unmuted. I was muted because I was chewing. Um, uh, I, this, is, this is a hard one. I think this is gonna be a hard one for all of us. I love both these songs very, very, very much. Um, uh, in terms of the musical themes, these are the themes of both these movies and they're both rich. And, and full and exciting and they stir a lot of emotions. So I, I don't know which way to go. I'm, I'm evenly split on this one. So I feel like I could be, I could go one way or the other, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, I think I do have to give it to Peter Pan though, just because because of the musical theme, the bum ba da it, it, it stirs so much. And it is another one of those uh, Disney animated features that is a foundation in terms of music. There could be no Bells of Notre Dame without, you know, the theme of Peter Pan, which punctuates the song You Can Fly. And plus, the song itself, You Can Fly, is so joyful. Again, like Whole New World, it's a release. You see the kids flying off and th that imagery, going back to imagery, because I guess it's very important all of a sudden, the image of them flying across Big Ben, it's stunning. And add the music to that, it's glorious. So yeah, you can fly, Peter Pan, final answer. Uh, and that is not to take away Bells of Notre Dame because uh -huh. I love it so much. Uh-huh, Andrew? I know that whichever way this goes, we're gonna have a fight because as you said, these are two people's number one songs. Um, I am the Bells of Notre Dame number one person. Uh, <laughs> Bells of Notre Dame is, is like incredible. The journey it goes through, the amount of things it does, both narratively, musically, it introduces us to like, multiple characters, it introduces us to the persecution of gypsies, which is going to be a major portion of the plot line. It introduces us to Frollo and his own 
battle with justifying his own actions using religion versus the archdeacon essentially coming in as a conscience for him in that moment. Um, it introduces the motif of like two sides to everything, that there is good and bad, that like it shows us Notre Dame at night in the dark as oppressive as the statues looking down on Frollo, but then the ending line when Clopin soars up into the high note, it's like in the sunlight and above the clouds and it's this sweeping like joyful version of the cathedral. So like the fact that one song can introduce like a dichotomy of themes about the cathedral, a dichotomy of themes about the, the hero and the villain and already contrasting them with the line of who, uh, who is the monster and who is the man, which I agree is like just one of my favorite lines in anything. Um, I just, I don't, I don't see how You Can Fly does more than all that, personally. For me and what I want out of a song, um, I, I remember, I mean, I remember certain parts of the You Can Fly animation sequence, but like, and this is me as a child having just loved Hunchback, but like the Bells of Notre Dame was so starkly different from Disney before that, and so clearly told you that this was going to be a different Disney movie. Um, that that stuck with me. Like I can tell you every essentially play-by-play -play scene in order from that that animation from the song. I will fight to the death for this song because I think it's phenomenal and and all of the things that it does um, and the different way. Like it uses percussive instruments to actually put bell sounds into the music, but then also uses like three classical things of like trying to essentially mimic bells where like Frollo's line that only moves kind of one note up and down when he's singing that is an often used thing in classical music to represent a bell because the bells can sort of waver between tones the whole final like ascending line with Clopin and the two like kind of separated like there there's so many ways that like this whole song just encompassed bells and the cathedral and told us how big a player Notre Dame was in this whole setting that like it blows me away every time. I This song, I never fail to get chills listening through to the end. Never fail once. When I put the numbers in and crunched the numbers and saw what the matchups would be, would be, this was the one that I knew was going to cause a lot of tension. And I'm, I, I'm excited for the content for the listeners. Um, but I will say I'm very swayable and I think they're both incredible moments, incredible, important songs for Disney. As I said earlier, I'm not the biggest fan of Hunchback, but this is one of the songs I do like. So I think right now my initial vote, and Robbie hates me right now, he's gonna kill me. I'm still swayable. I'm gonna put it down for Bells and I will allow Mr. Bell to be ah. the swing right now. Apropos. So. <laughs> um, this is not my favorite song of Hunchback. This is, of all the songs, I, this is not my favorite one. And I love You Can Fly, You Can Fly, You Can Fly. I love the joy of it. I love the spirit and I love the flightiness. So that's my vote. All right, so right now it's a three to two and I know Andrew, are you I was gonna have wait. a pitch? I was gonna wait because I thought I could get it through this round and bust out a lot of the arguments against Circle of Life, but let's fucking go. All right. So this song establishes four leitmotifs that are going to be used throughout Hunchback. Four. 
You Can Fly establishes the one Peter Pan theme. This one does four. There's the cathedral theme, the da-da-da-da-da-da, which is used for Notre Dame throughout and then goes into Frollo's villain song. Which is odd, which color. strikes me as like, that when I first saw this movie, I went, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, then once the Archdeacon comes out and convinces Frollo not to kill the child, the shift from the cathedral theme and the ominous of that, it goes into the da 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 da, which is the beginning of out there. The world is cruel, the world is wicked. So it puts that one in. Then he gives us the initial out there patter singing motif in his thing. So that's the third one. And if you want to really get technical, the Olam at the start is a Gregorian chant version of Someday, which is a pop-ish song that he turned into Gregorian chant to open the whole movie. Like those things are insane to me. And the thing about the first three of these light motifs is they are used throughout the film in various pieces of music. And every single one of them is adjustable by one single note to switch it between major or minor. So all of these light motifs are established and can be used for multiple different moods and scenes throughout the entire movie. I agree with you. The only reason why I'm not changing my vote is because it, I think out there as a song, because we're looking for the best Disney song, I do not think the, the opening number, of, I don't think the song Bells of Notre Dame could win the entire thing. Do I think out there has a better chance? Yeah, I do. So I thought- I don't you, think, and I I don't, also, here's what I'll say. I don't think Bells could win the entire thing because I do. I think an intro song has a ceiling as to how good it can go. But I also, I'm not putting You Can Fly as the winner of the entire thing either. So if that's I, actually, what you're going I off of. Oh, Well, no, I see, I, I disagree. Also, I think, I mean, it could. It, I, I also, I don't think there is a lot, there's really not a lot of Peter Pan song. If, I think this is the only Peter Pan song in here, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I just think You Can Fly is just such an, an encompassing Disney feeling. Uh, you know, that, that sparks the imagination of children. And that's what this is all about, isn't it? I don't disagree with you. And I think everything you say about the Bells of Notre Dame, it's beautiful, poignant, you are absolutely correct. But if you had to put these two together, considering that Out There is already moving forward, and I think Out There as a song, because this is not a song, like I would call the Bells of Notre Dame, I wouldn't call it a song, I would call it a montage. This is a, it's a prologue, it's a montage, it's exposition. It is not, uh, with the exception of the cathedral motif, it is, that is the only like hummable part, you know? And when it comes to you can fly, you, you can hum. Uh, and I know I this is so silly. I don't necessarily, I would disagree that the like Clopin's verses of the song are not hummable. He's got a cute bouncy melody and also totally. the lyrics, the lyrics throughout Clopin are a part of what sets this song apart for me. Like, Absolutely. And some say the soul of the city is the toll of the bells, like internal rhyme, like go oh, fuck me, dad, come on. Like, <laughs> is that a lyric? What? <laughs> I, I just, I can't let go of, and also the fact that this wasn't even in the original score, that this was something that he was asked to write later and he wrote this brilliant and encompassing of a piece. If you really like Pan so much, um, just as a fun fact, the actor who voices him, Paul, Paul Candle. Yeah, Paul Candle, he's in the, he was in the original off-Broadway production of Lucky Stiff and he's in that recording. So he's any listeners out there, you want to hear more of that voice, Paul Candle or Candle or whatever, he is the voice of a few people in Lucky Stiff and it, it's really quite, it's Aaron's and Flaherty, it's quite a good recording. I will, I'm 
I'm pretty sure Bells was at least in my top 10 for sure. When I was like making my chart, I like, I, I, I told you from the get go, like Hunchback is one of my favorite movies. I just think the reason I drive home, you can fly is because it inspires something versus it opens a story. I think the music itself opens a story and I think it opens questions, but I don't think it inspires you to... I think I would say it does in a... I would say You Can Fly inspires you with its lyrics. Bells of Notre Dame inspires me with the music because of how sweeping it gets. And, and I, was, I, I'm also best, like, this is not... Sure. I'm fighting hard against You Can Fly because of how, how much I love Bells of Notre Dame. I am in the same boat. I don't have any hatred for You Can Fly. I oh. am crushed that we have to do this round one. Uh, this is the this is literally the worst like first round matchup. Yeah, because also like I'm ready to fight for Bells of Notre Dame over Circle of Life and like things like that. Like I was ready to push this far. <laughs> so I mean, you, I think right now Tim is your your the one to convince. That because I I agree yeah, that Sutton seemed like the most malleable, and Sutton just said it's she's not changing. Beautiful, so. but it's not. I like what Sutton said where it's, this is the best Disney song. If we were talking about the best Disney score, if we were talking the best Disney music overall and what encompasses that, then yeah. But I just don't think it beats You Can Fly for that. It's it's a montage, it's not a song. I just right? wish Nana would bark less during You Can Fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of oh, barking. Oh, Nana, oh, Nana, oh. Also, I think there more than one theme in you can fly. There is. You're correct. There, it's, there is, it's not four, but it's not. It's more than there's one. Flow, <laughs> and then there is literally the line of "You can fly," where they use it musically throughout the movie as well. The piccolo is a lot of times when Peter Pan's just a little boy. Like it's. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree, and it does establish themes. I think the thing that is remarkable about the themes for Hunchback is how easily they shift from major to minor, and how dramatic that shift is, and that to me is like such incredible songwriting that I I have to give that so much credit. Right. Because we, I we don't all, know how to do that. We all have to acknowledge like the incredible quality of the Hunchback score. But in terms of best Disney song, I just don't, I think this is one of the best Disney themes and motifs, but Bells of Notre Dame as a song, I don't think it's, I don't think it's better than You Can Fly. I think what sucks for both of us is that we are both still rooting for each other's song as well. So we aren't like, no, that song sucks. It's like, this song I know, is it's because I don't really have fun. things to tear down You Can Fly. I can only try to support mine. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a big reason why um, it was number 31 and number 34. I think they're both in that- It should have been up in the fucking double digits, like tens, maybe even single digits. Goodbye. Those. I both of those should have been up there with like when you wish and um like they should be above the 30s <laughs> yeah well, well, i'm not changing them was that a, was that an eye roll tim <laughs> well, probably <laughs> <laughs> let's just make this easy i am not changing robbie are you changing no i'm not it, changing so and that's 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 what it is i'm so sorry my friend I've known you for an hour and a half and I feel so bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to and say my goodbye. Well, next up, I mean, well, the, the vote for that was 58% You Can Fly, 42% um, Bells of Notre Dame by the audience. 
So again, very, 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 very close, very split. Next up is number 18, Someday My Prince Will Come, verse number 47, Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. Sutton, lead us off. Oh, golly. Okay, I don't like Someday My Prince Will Come. I also don't like Everybody Wants <laughs> to Be a Cat. Um, so that being said... I'm going to go with Someday My Prince Will Come just because the, it's, 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 the, it's the original princess song. I cannot stand her voice, but I do thank the song <laughs> for the innuendo and the many dollars it's made me by making twinks laugh when I sing I Make Princes Come. <laughs> Oh, you must be grumpy. <laughs> uh, I do. I think. Is, I think everybody wants to be a cat is a copy of "I Want to Be Like You." I think those songs are the same thing, and I think "I Want to Be Like You" is the better song. And in this case, "Someday My Prince Will Come" between these two is the better song. All right, Andrew. Um, this is another one I'm closely torn on, but not out of passion. I'm similar to Sutton. Um, it's simply because I don't have a strong feeling. Um, I have to continue, like, I have to stay consistent with the things I criticize. Someday My Prince Will Come is very short. Doesn't go a lot of places. Doesn't do a whole lot. That is an issue I have with it. Is the music behind it lovely? Yeah. Was it iconic because it was like the first of its thing? Like, yeah, I give it all of these things. Um, Everybody Wants to Be a Cat is fun. I find that before I went into this, I forgot that there was a first half. Like the only thing I remember was the everybody, everybody. That's that the only part fun. I remembered. And that part's great. It's also very short. <laughs> um, and I do really hate when like they're singing the first part and it's actually kind of a cute little swingy jazz thing. It's nothing like remarkably exceptional, but it's cute. And then the kid comes in and I'm like, shut up, please stop. You don't sound good on this. Get out. Um, you don't ugh. like children, I find. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I really don't. Um, and the more I talk through this, the more I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> so what's your choice? He's, he's still, he's still uh, reeling from... I know. Uh, I, I know. I need time to recover. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to put in my vote for Everybody Wants to Be a Cat and be extremely swayable. Talk to me, people. I am going to go with the song that I believe is my theme song. Someday my prince will come and I'm still waiting and I will be waiting for much more time. But I think, again, it's a classic song. Um, this is one of the songs that started Disney and I'm clearly here for nostalgia and that's where my vote lies. So I'm voting for Someday My Prince Will Come. And the thing that it's short, I watched Snow White recently. It's a 30s cartoon. It's like straight up that 30s cartoon feel with like all the music all interspersed all throughout. Well, it's Disney very, songs very used to be basically like animated to a score. Like that's how they did things. And exactly. it was stunningly wonderful. And um, I think the song is beautiful and I love it. And I love when uh, Louis Armstrong sings it. So yes. And Prince Charming. Well, his name is The Prince. Oh, so you're in okay, Prince. Thing. So Snow this, Prince. I, mm, um, 
Uh, yeah, I, I'm like, someday my prince will come. I don't want to be a cat, so I don't know who wants to be a cat. I'm a dog person. Cats have their purpose somewhere, you know, in Africa or like in Asia <laughs> where lions and tigers roam. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm like, I, there's no contest in this for me. All right, Someday My Prince Will Come is moving on. The audience was 35% Someday My Prince Will Come, 65% Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. Interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. They only remembered the last half. Probably. <laughs> um, next up <laughs> is number 15, oh. The Distance, versus number 50, You'll Be in My Heart. Andrew, kicks off. So I know that I like said what I said about Tarzan on the 90s podcast and that I'm not a huge fan of it. I do think You'll Be in My Heart is a lovely song. Um, I do have to go a little bit, like, number one, I have to kind of separate the Yomi in my heart that I've heard, which is the full song release versus the Glenn Close sings a verse. There's a really awkward key change so that it's okay for a male voice and then Phil Collins sings a verse, which is what happens in the movie. Um, and I do think that that is a less exceptional version. I also think that Go the Distance is, is one of my favorite I Want songs. It's, it's really cool. The orchestration is great. I love it. Um, the big bummer is that the proper climax is post-meeting with Zeus. So if you're listening to it on Spotify, you don't get him belting the, the end of the song, which is the best part. Um, so I don't know. There's maybe some points off there, but it's an easy go the distance vote for me. So we all know that I was very much Team Tarzan on the 90s podcast, and I went all in to try to get Tarzan more love. But Hercules is my favorite movie, and I cannot not give it to Go the Distance. It is a beautiful song. Um, it, it, Roger Bart is incredible on it. it. It is. It's a triumphant song, and it's a great moment. You'll be in my heart. It's a beautiful song. It was maybe not the song, um, I, the placement I thought it was going to be. I thought it'd be a little higher. Um, but Go the Distance, hands down for me. I'm going to say something very unpopular. I think Go the Distance is super overrated and every twinkle of the fucking microphone always sings it all the fucking time. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I agree. Are you talking I about agree. Robbie? It's a great song, but I'm just so... <laughs> ugh. Um, so I have to go with You'll Be In My Heart. I love You'll Be In My Heart. It's so tender. It's so warm. And it's wonderful. I love You'll Be In My Heart. So that's my vote. All right, Twink, what are you going to say? Actually... You can kiss my butt. <laughs> Never sang this song before, so I always choose. And don't put words in my mouth, Michael. Yeah, like no, <laughs> but you go the distance is a powerful song. I think the orchestrations in it are so beautiful, and I think, um. Like, I love Glenn Close, especially when she was singing the national anthem at a baseball game. If you all haven't seen that, and she said, I'm going to belt this, actually lies. I need to go into my head voice and try it one more time. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, check it out. Um, but I just think, go the So, and yes, short, because all of Hercules' songs are short, but I think it is so epic in just its short path 
And I think it really is because in the song, there is a full journey too. There is like, I'm hoping for this, I'm hoping for this. And then he's like, oh, this is who I am. And then with the reprise, which is tied to the like beginning of it, where he does belt his face off it. Um, and if you listen to the Michael Bolton version, it's even higher. Um, but this, there is a full journey in this song where there is like, you know what, I'm going to chase this dream. Like, this is who I think I am and I'm going to go after it with no holds barred. Like, I'm I'm going full force and let's ride a freaking Pegasus off into the stars and kick some honey buns. <laughs> honey buns. You are making crazy. Yeah. I am in complete agreement with Tim. I think Go the Distance is highly overrated. Which is weird because it's not an overrated movie. It's an amazing underrated movie. It, it, it's just one of those songs. It just, it, if I, it, when I hear it, it makes me think of like the guy doing a slow motion run <laughs> on the track. About to, right, to, about to, right it's just it's just it's so it's just so sappy to me but that being said putting it up against you'll be in my heart again not an overrated song but also not the phil collins song to like be like yay phil collins and disney you know so between these two i begrudgingly begrudgingly give the vote to go the distance because right. it is the better song it's moving on, and the audience was 55% go the distance, 45% you'll be my heart. Wow. A lot closer than I thought it would be. Yeah. Same. All right, next up, number 10, Part of Your World, verse number 55, Friends on the Other Side. I will say that Part of Your World is not one of my favorites from The Little Mermaid. Um... It's fine, but I love some of the other music. But it, it it has to move forward, in my opinion. As much as I love Friends on the Other Side, and I think it's a really beautiful um, cinematic moment. And again, we're talking about that green smoke and Dr. Facilier. It's terrifying in all the right ways. Part of your world, again, is a Disney classic. And that is where I will vote. I love Part of the World. I love every song in The Little Mermaid. It's an incredible score. Uh, so yeah, it's, I don't know. Yes, Part of Your World. That's my vote, absolutely. And Friends on the Other Side is a song you pitched for. It's um... a song I picked for my choice because I was only allowed one because the rules are garbage. <laughs> I tried, I really tried. And Wait. all of Princess of the Frogs left out, so... Not all of it. You, you left one song and then, then you had to add the others. No, I, um, I, I added... Um, dig a little uh, deeper. Dig a little deeper, and then you added... Um, Friends on the other side. Friends on the other side, but so we had Down and in New Orleans. Almost there's on there. No, we, we, uh, well, in the original, we had Down in New Orleans, Almost There, and um, When I'm Human. So we had five entries from uh, that movie to pick from. That is correct, and I am wrong, so I apologize. <laughs> but I still right. feel like we left out all the other good songs from that entire score. It's another issue, though. I'm voting for Part of Your World. All right, Robbie. So you're going against your own choice? 
Well, against Party of the World, yes. I think that Party of the World's a better song than Friends on the Other Side. Um, see, and here, like, I think Part of Your World is overrated. I really do. I think, I think it is a good song, but I do think it is overrated. And especially just because Ariel annoys the crap out of me. Like, she, like, if there is a princess that annoys me, it's her. It really is her. And to be honest, like, listening to the movie, I will always want to listen to the Broadway cast more other than probably um, uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls. Like, I will go back to, like, just not when Sutton sings it. So, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> But I'm so good at it, too. Well, I just never know who's going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, good night, everybody. Oh, sounds like my wedding night. <laughs> um, I, and I, like, again, with this new change of the ride that's coming, I want this song to be the Lift Hill song. I want it to be like, are you ready? Yes. Want, and then, like, all of a sudden you're turned into a frog. Like, you know, it'll, there'll be a lot more room in Disney when everyone's turned into a frog. Um, <laughs> so I... Yeah, I'm gonna vote for Friends, which I think I'm surprised I am voting for, but I just, like, Ariel just annoys me. Daddy, I love him. Oh, really? What's his favorite movie? What yeah. like Daddy, I love him. I want some, um, um, footsuses on my body. Um... Screw that's a it. fetish, dear. That's a fetish. You gotta work on that. I have a foot scissors fetish. I want some foot scissors on my body. Well, all right. Well, I'm sorry Ariel annoys you so much, but I'm going to annoy you further because Jody Benson mailed me an autographed ah! postcard. I know so. you. And um, she, it, which was very, very nice. She didn't have to do that. Um, my, my friend Jeremy is her cousin. I sing Part of Your World as a mashup with Somewhere That's Green. And it's incredible. Because, thank you, because it's, you know, essentially the same song, same Which, composers. Something that's been done twice. Well, you know, listen, <laughs> you, but do you want to know what? They struck gold twice because they're both great songs. And uh, it's made, that song has also made me a lot of money. <laughs> and it's also uh, made me very happy as a child, it was the first song. You know, I, I love in the opening credits of The Little Mermaid, I love that it's part of your world. And those orchestrations move me in a way I have not been moved in a long time. Um, I just quite cream for that. Oh, we, you've already used <laughs> oh, that joke. <laughs> you have. Um, I, I just think it's a beautiful song. And if you compare, uh, is it overrated? Yeah, it, it, may, it may well be overrated. But uh, compared to Friends on the Other Side, it's a better song. So my vote is for Part of Your World. All right, and Andrew. I'm gonna go with Robbie on this one. I'm voting Friends on the Other Side uh, pretty wholeheartedly because I think that Part of Your World is like uninteresting to me at this point. And I, I will acknowledge that a part of that may simply be that everyone and their mother has sung it and I'm so over anyone singing it ever again. Um, <laughs> I sing it, right, right, right. You can sing it, I guess. I'll hear it one it's time. It's a mashup. That's, it. I... That's the last time I'll hear it. Um, 
it's I friends on the other side just has more character to it like not in terms of like developing a character but like there's just more to draw me in part of your world is just a pretty song that sits in like the Lydian mode so it's in a, it's in that wonder scale da 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 and it just sits there it stays in that I the whole want song. song it's the I want song I know it is but the, we've it seen entire, it is the entire like it's it's the legs of the movie Pun I get that. I get that. But out there and go the distance are I want songs that are better for me. That improved oh, we're, we're on the I want yet, song. We're not fighting for those songs. We're not <laughs> fighting for those songs, but that's why I'm saying it discredits part of your world for me. I am relatively uninterested in part of your world. It doesn't use a lot of the orchestra. It doesn't go as many places as I want it to. Friends on the other side does this really interesting thing where it starts with like jazz chords because we got the whole New Orleans thing. And then it shifts it into like the Phrygian mode, which is like the creepy sound that is basically used through all of Nightmare Before Christmas kind of thing. And it puts jazz and the creepy scale together. And I haven't heard that done often. And so like the uniqueness of that, especially when you get to the end, like that baseline is iconic to me. I know part of your world is iconic to a lot of people, but the don't, 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 don't. Like I will just, I will bop to that for hours, honestly. So what you're saying is part of your world is iconic but I would say Friends on the Other Side is more niche. Yeah, and I'm not voting anything in this whole thing based on iconic. Ah. I don't care how iconic it is, and that's my pitch to you, Michael. That was you me. said you don't like part of your world. I don't think it needs to go through just because it's iconic. I don't. Michael, I think vote for the song your you like. listeners, Michael. I know. Your I'm, listeners. I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm just pitching that to you. I mean, as I'm someone... telling you how to vote. <laughs> as, as, as someone um, who uses the word iconic, um, for a competition, I, I, I do feel very iconic, um, a, a draw to iconic moments. I just... I'm not gonna fight hard against, for this one, but I, I do if feel If it was strongly. up against a, a, a different song, maybe. And that's where, because again, like, I didn't initially have friends on the other side uh, on the list. Because I would put it maybe as maybe, the, for me, my, the fourth song from the movie. But do you think Friends on the other side is a better song. No. Yes or no? Then no, I, I, I still, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay with Part of Your World. Wait, I thought you chose Friends. No. 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 Oh. He went against no, him. Thought about Part of Your World. No. I'm not actually like, I'm not pushing really hard with this one. I just like. You just don't like Part of Your World. I just don't. That's actually true, and I will fully acknowledge that. And that's okay I... too gonna like argue because it's gonna get knocked out next round anyway yeah but you know <laughs> so we're moving on with part of your world right yes that vote was an 87 percent part of your world 13 percent friends on the other side that's about what i expected all right next up we're gonna talk more about little mermaid we have oh, number boy. 23 kiss the girl versus number 42 hellfire is this me Sam, it's you. Oh, no. This <laughs> is a hard one for me. This is because, first off, I consider Heaven's Light and Hellfire one song from Hunchback. Yeah. I think they're one song. Yeah. They are mirrors of each other, and they deserve to be together. And together, they are my absolute favorite piece in all of Hunchback. Um, that being said, I have this crossed out and rewritten multiple times because this was a very hard decision for me. And ultimately, I went for Hellfire. It's gotta go how, how good it is. It's so good to be so bad. <laughs> Robbie? Um, 
I my vote is for Hellfire as well. It's probably one of my favorite villain songs of all time. I think because what is happening is so real and what he's really singing about is so blatantly true. Yes, again, this is where like Hunchback went like, we are a mature movie. Kids aren't gonna understand this, but adults, you need to teach your kids about this. Like you need to understand this for your kids. And it like, that song is just so, it's so haunting. And the whole part, like the fact that he's like in his room, but then it goes to this grandiose scene where it's like, he is, he's now in judgment, but he's judging himself. But he's like, you know what? I think I'm right and whatever I do because I'm the most pious person I know and everything that I do is for my own cause. And he sees that as the cause of the church, but he puts his wants and desires before everything and says that that is the actual, like, um, the driving force. Um, and I just like, it's so, yeah, it's so hauntingly beautiful. I don't know if I would call it beautiful, but it does raise the stakes. Um, both it's these songs, beautiful. actually, both these songs really come at a moment where the stakes in the story mm -hmm. need to be raised. Um, Kiss the Girl, a fantastic song. Is it the best in The Little Mermaid? No. Did it win the Oscar? No. Hellfire, after everything that happens after Hellfire, this is the first time that we see Frollo as truly, like, yeah, we've established he's the villain, but this is the first time we've established he is frightening. And the stakes have gotten even higher. So I'm going with Hellfire based on the fact that the story from this song onward has heightened. And now Frollo is a true danger to all of the characters that we've come to love. Including the oh, dance, exactly, including all the singing and dancing trolls, uh, <laughs> you know. So yeah, Hellfire. Andrew, you must be very happy right now. I'm thrilled. <laughs> um, here's what I will say. I know I ranked Bells of Notre Dame number one, but I think in actuality, more often, Hellfire is my number one of wow. all Disney songs. I am obsessed with this song. It is my absolute favorite villain song because of its complexity. Because a complex villain with this kind of depth is something that we don't really get in in Disney movies and in many movies, you don't get this sort of insight into a villain's descent into madness through a really thrilling song. So yeah, absolutely hellfire. Just for shits and giggles, I'm giving it to Kiss the Girl, um, mostly because I wanted to see a Little Mermaid versus Little Mermaid matchup. Um, but Ain't gonna happen. it's not going to happen and that's fine. <laughs> but I think Kiss the Girl again is, is, if we didn't have Kiss the Girl, I see the light would never have existed it's a beautiful beautiful um cinematic moment uh, another disney classic but let's move hellfire on the audience went 69 percent kiss the girl 31 percent hellfire Oop. I, I think it's because like it's a it's so nice to like hear people appreciate hunchback because i think it is for me i think hunchback is the most underrated for how good it is mm -hmm. in I think there are so many underrated Disney movies, but I think for how actually good it is, not just because I like the movie, I think Hunchback is like the most 
underrated Disney movie. Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz didn't have to go that hard, and they did, and they did that for us. <laughs> and they then they crazy. Harder. Then they went even harder when they took it off Broadway. Oh my God. Yeah, if we had some of those songs in here, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, next round Did you see is... the production of Ever Again Winter Garden, Robbie? No. I've only been down here like a year now. So... Oh, okay. Yeah. It was garbage. Oh no. Oh, this public, oh no. <laughs> oh no. All right, next, next matchup. Number 69, Just Around the Riverbend versus number 39, I Just Can't Wait to Be King. And starting us off is Robbie. What were these ranked again? 26 and 39. Oh, I'm like, yeah, Riverbend is, uh, Pocahontas has some of the best music too. I like, this is an I Want song that I think is one of the top as well because there is so much uncertainty in it and it's, it's which path do I take and why do I feel like I keep chasing something that is untangible like I can't get to it but I keep going after it and I'm still so confused the whole time I just think and Judy Kuhn's voice is beautiful she's one of my top five oh. female vocalists phenomenal <laughs> in Fun Home she was phenomenal in Pocahontas like I think Riverbend by not like bar none Sutton uh, yeah, I agree. It's just around the river bend. I just think it's a more interesting and more a, a more exciting song. I just can't wait to be king. It's it's just, it's a cute song, but just around the river bend. Do you know what it is? Um, just around the river bend. It's very uh, similar, not musically, but it's got a similar sense to something coming from West Side mm -hmm, Story, mm -hmm. where here's this character feeling like feeling a little like stale in their life right now and then something something's coming there's something just around the river bend and that's why this song it's exciting because not only do we get to feel that excitement with this character um but we get to feel that musically too and that's why it's an exciting song so yeah there's my answer andrew uh yeah i'm very like i very much echo everything son just said like uh, i just can't wait to be king is like fun but Just Around the Riverbend is significantly more exceptional as a song, so Riverbend. I'm not gonna fight, but I'm gonna cast my vote, vote for I Just Can't Wait to Be King because I really don't love Just Around the Riverbend. Um, as we learned in the 90s podcast, one of my favorite songs from the movie is The Problematic Mine, Mine, Mine. Um, but I, I, I think there's something fun about I Just Can't Wait to Be King as a upbeat, exciting I Want song, which is something we don't, often see in Disney films. Um, and again, just just the cinematic brilliance of the animation of I Just Can't Wait to Be King is very memorable. Um, not as much as uh, Just Around the Riverbend, but I still give my vote to The Lion King. But is it an I Want song or more just a little boy running around being a brat? Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, I mean, also frankly, kick... Just Around the Riverbend is not slow tempo. No, but comparatively, it's the, there's more, it's livelier, it's more fun. Tim, what do you say? I'm voting for Just Around the River Bend. No, there we uh, are. Nothing, yeah. I love Elton John, but there are other songs I have to fight for first. He can't win that's them fair. all, okay? That's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's what all the Grammys are for. Yeah, yeah. 
The audience went 57% just around the riverbend, 43% I just can't wait to be king. Robbie, what'd you say? Uh, nothing. (laughs) All right, our next matchup, number seven, Let It Go, versus number 58, He's a Tramp, and we're going to begin with Sutton. I hate that I have to be first on this one. (laughs) Um, We have to acknowledge the cultural impact of Let It Go. It is a good song. My favorite part is the bridge. It, it's got that driving, pulsating when she's building the ice castle. That is my favorite part. It's so exciting. I love He's a Tramp because I love Peggy Lee. Um, and I think I got to go with He's a Tramp, which I know the majority will probably disagree with me. I don't know about this room right here, but everybody and their mother can sing Let It Go. I don't think... I don't know. I'm going with He's a Tramp because I love Peggy Lee. I love Peggy Lee. Okay. Andrew? Um, yeah. I've, I've already acknowledged I have a bias against Frozen 1. Um, I also acknowledge the uh, resonating with the general public that Let It Go did. Like, there is some strength just to that that it went so far, I guess. Um, I'm kind of with Sutton. I think the bridge is the most interesting part. And I think some other of the lyrics are just sort of like empty platitudes. Like I don't quite buy the journey of the song entirely for Elsa in where the movies led her to at that point. But regardless, I'm voting for He's a Tramp. Peggy Lee is also in my list of top five female vocalists on this bracket. So I am obsessed with her voice. She could sing the phone book to me. Um, And I like a jazzy song. So there we are. I'm going to vote for Let It Go because the song re-put Disney back on the map. Um, it, it, the culture, cultural significance of this song, I don't, I mean, it took almost 15 years to get a big moment like this for Disney to explode the way they did. Um, and it's, just, it, it's, it's Adina Menzel, not at her best, but not at her worst. Um, and What's again, her worst? I'm curious. <laughs> Mm, Frozen two. The Oscars. Um, the Oscars. Yeah, the, 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 she's had some moments. But Butter, we all make mistakes. We all have actually. Oh, right. The, the guys, worst no. moment was the commercial. That, that commercial. wasn't Idina. That was Adele Dazim. Okay. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So then yeah, it was this the, make, um, the Geico that commercial. Poor, that poor woman has to live with that. Hot, like we all, we all have cracks and whatnot. <laughs> work through you as far. Robbie, this is where this is, we can't be talking about our cracks right now. Okay. If we talk about meatballs, I can talk about all I want. For me, if we're going to talk about best Disney songs and we're going to take one song from Frozen and Frozen 2, this is the song. It, it, it It's Disney to me, and that's where my vote will lie. Tim? I agree. Let It Go is I unabashedly, uneducatedly, and un-something-else-edly love Let It Go. So that's absolutely my vote. I built the shit out of this in my car, and I have a great time doing it. Ravi. Um, so, Tim, you'll enjoy this bit of information. They wouldn't let me get So This Is Love on the bracket because, <gasps> like, this stands is just like a jazz standard, which I think he's a tramp that's the same way, that it sits as a jazz standard that doesn't really fit 
in the movie specifically. Like it feels more like a jazz standard that was put into a movie. Just like if you're gonna and say- it this says the name of one of the characters. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Great, so does Corella DeVille. <laughs> um, so, and just because le like without Let It Go, specifically just Let It Go, there would be no Frozen 2. I will put that hands down. Without that song, that movie would not have been as successful. I think it still would have been successful, but I don't think without Let It Go that that movie would have been the superpower that it is right now. And for my own like satisfaction, like the Foley artist work in that number as well, just the extra sounds that are added, I love them. Like the palace growing and you hear it, it's just, yeah, I let it go as my choice. All right, so we're three, two, let it go. Anyone want to sway any of us? I'm not trying that hard. I didn't think I was going to win this. No, <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I, let I, it go and let it go moves. The I audience? was surprised to have one person with me on that. <laughs> oh, you listen, girl. Okay, one day I'm going to sit you down. I'm going to make you watch a whole bunch of YouTube videos of my friend Chuck Sweeney, who is a Peggy Lee impersonator. Oh, please. I'm ready. One of the funniest funniest people alive and does an impeccable, impeccable Peggy Lee. I am in love with Peggy Lee. I'm ready, not, I'm ready. not do this song though? I thought you- I uh, no, I sing the, I sing um, the Jessica Rabbit song. Yeah, yeah, I sing this song too. Yeah, which- I, think you'd... I don't sing this song, Cacophony sings this song. But I think you would sound great on it. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> the audience was 75% let it go, 25%, he's a tramp. Thank you. All right, our next matchup. Number three, Zero to Hero versus number 62, Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. Starting off with Andrew. Zero to Hero, bye. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm gonna save anything I wanna say about Zero to Hero for the next round and I'm gonna say Zero to Hero. Zero to Hero. <laughs> Robbie, are you creating chaos? Is that what's going on? It's not that I'm creating chaos, I just, I love Hawaiian roller coaster ride. Actually, I don't know any of the words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak that language very well. I make them up, but you know, I, it's, it just, for me, it truly reminds me of like joyous times in my childhood because I remember when this movie came out, mind you, I am going to cast my vote for Zero to Hero. I'm not going to create any, but I think like roller, Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride is such a, I mean, it's the first time that that community was represented by Disney as well. Give it its that credit. Animal? What? Was that an animal? Where? <laughs> sounded, I, heard, I heard scaring. Yeah. It's the do my dog, sorry. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> I was like, what is that? I thought someone was typing really enthusiastically for a second on an old typewriter. No, I was like, because my microphone is so good, it picks up everything. So there. <laughs> I told you I didn't have a computer over here, okay? Like, that's all I got. Uh, I'm just going to say I vote zero to here, and we'll talk about it next round. I agree. Um, the audience was 91% Zero to Hero, 9% Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. Next, we have number 30, I'll Make a Man Out of You, versus number 35, Almost There. 
Let's get down to business. My vote is I'll make a man out of you. Absolutely. I think I'll make a man out of you is another one of those very overrated songs. I like it. It's fine. I'm over it. And I love Almost There. So that's my vote. All right. Robbie. This is a hard one for me because I don't think I'm like truly definitely swayed one way because I think I am. And then all of a sudden I think about the other song and I sing it in my head. And then I'm like, okay, no, now I'm pulled that way. Like I, it's, it's a good old game of tug of war in my head. I think I will say man out of you though. I think that's where I'm going to cast my vote because I think that is what I would listen to more. And I, mm, I'm just going to stick with it. I, we don't need to waste any time. Uh, I, I'm going to say almost there. Uh, I, I, just, I just like it. I like it. I like Mulan and I like, I like, if I, if you made me choose between Man Out of You and Reflection, I'm going to choose Reflection. If you make me choose Dig a Little Deeper and Almost There, I'm going to choose Almost There. Um, I, I just really, I also really enjoy Almost There because I one time saw a drag queen um, shove a banana down her throat while lip syncing this song. And it was really, it was, <laughs> it was almost really there. entertaining. Now, oh my God. Remember, we're going back to the actual <laughs> letting outside biases affect us. <laughs> right, the source material. I'm not biased. I'm a homosexual. Thank you. <laughs> there it is. All right, Andrew, now you get to t- break a tie. You haven't done it I yet. I didn't want to be the tiebreaker here. Oh, my God. Um, this was one of my 5149s. I'm very much with Robbie. Like, I will lean one way and then I'll accidentally think about the other song and then I'll switch that way. Um, Cause like I said, I love, I love Anikanani Rose's voice. I think it's a really lovely voice. She's got such a good tone. She handles this song beautifully. And I also, also love, representation matters. Representation absolutely matters. Um, and I do have a problem with the fact that Donny Osmond is the singing voice for Shang. Um, I don't love that. Um, but you know, we were talking about Into the Unknown getting Robbie pumped up for battle. I'm sorry, I'm still going to get pumped up for battle if I listen to I'll Make a Man Out of You. Um, if I over China, like, this is what I'm going to listen to. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I'm so torn on this one. This is one where, like, both of these songs I thought would be an easy go through the first round and we could discuss them later against, like, stronger things. I didn't think I was going to have to, like, compare these two specifically. So what's a better song? Three, two, one. I'll make a man out of you. <laughs> All right. Is anyone going to try to it easy for you. fight for Almost There? Um, I, I like Almost There as much as I like I'll, I'll Make a Man Out of You. Uh, I just, uh, I just think it's, um, I just want to say, I, I really do think representation matters. And the fact that Almost There is not moving forward is not a discredit to um, to any, anyone who was involved in Princess in the Fr- are, are you? Yeah, I am. Well, For two specific reasons. I like the representation discussion, and I think it's especially important and topical right now. But yes. I'm also thinking musically. And while I think a lot of the like use of strings and the battle chant kind of things in I'll Make a Man Out of You are great, 
the fact that they made Donny Osmond sing every single high note on an Val is just cruel songwriting. Oh, I hate it. I... <laughs> it's terrible. When so I... I'm switching my vote. Okay. And I don't think it needs, because I think on its own, it's a great song. Um, yeah. Whoever sings it. But because Princess Tiana is the only black princess, I think it's important to acknowledge that representation matters and this movie matters to a lot of little girls who don't see a princess like Tiana more. I agree. I think she should be a frog less, but you know, that's another, True. That's another bucket of worms. The only not a frog. <laughs> right. All right, so we're gonna move almost there to the next round. I'm sweating from that. The audience was 53%, I'll make a man out of you, 47%, almost there. Next matchup, we got number 19, Bell versus number 46, Udalali. Tim, Bell, start us off. What? Um, <laughs> I have to go with Bell. I love Bell. I think it's a fantastic opening song. I think it's fun, it's enjoyable, and it's very much a Disney spirit. Mm hmm. Robbie. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Belle. I mean, like, yeah. There was a different song from Robin Hood that should have been here, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am also voting for Belle. It is a perfect opening number. Andrew? Disagree on that. Bells of Notre Dame is a perfect opening number, but... Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going Belle of these two. Only because I fought so hard when we had the bat the audience battle of um, if we we're going to have Love Song or Oodle Alley. I will put my vote on Oodle Alley because I think Roger Miller does an incredible job with it. Um, it inspired the hamster dance. Um, it's, it's a beautiful song. I find myself singing it often, but Belle is clearly going to be the winner here. That's what I sing in my shower. What, Lit. Belle? Robin Hood walking through the forest. <laughs> The audience, the audience was with all y'all. 85% Bell, 15% Oodalali. Now we got a matchup of friends. Number 14, Friend Like Me, versus number 51, Best of Friends. Starting off with Robbie. I, like, I already know where my vote is cast, but I just, like, it breaks my heart that Best of Friends didn't get a higher ranking because I think it is such an underrated song. It's Pearl Bailey, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yep. yes. Yeah. And I think it, that is probably the song that really like yanks out my aorta. Um, the whole but, movie yanks out your aorta. But you were all about Robin Williams before. I know, I know where my vote is cast. I'm just saying we need to talk about Best of Friends and the injustice that is the low ranking and that it's against this song. I see, I see. As I think it is like, just like Baby Mine, those two songs should be in the next round, mm. but they aren't because of who they are against kind right. of thing. Um, so yeah, I my vote is for Friend Like Me. I think it's... I think it is the best song of Aladdin, and it's the one that I will like listen to, sing, hum along to, 
and Robin Williams, he will, like, I don't want to listen to any other version but his, honestly. I think the Broadway version is phenomenal. Don't want to listen to it. I want to listen to Robin Williams. I think Will Smith probably did a good job. I don't watch Disney live actions because I don't believe in them. Uh, Cinderella's good. The Cinderella's amazing. I heard that that is the one, if I decide to watch one, that I should watch. I will say I've watched Maleficent only because I'm obsessed with Angelina Jolie, but now I digress. Friend Like Me is my vote. Uh, I'm going to go, I, I just want to touch on Best of Friends for a second. The reason why I don't think it gets as much credit as Robbie wants it to, it, it, it's uh, from Fox and the Hound, right? So it's, it, it, it's from the dark age of Disney films. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you look at that lineup, that's like The Black Cauldron, uh, Fox and the Hound, The Great Mouse Detective, wait, and wait. Oliver and Company. The Great Mouse Detective, I fought so hard for those songs to be on here. You should be so proud of me because I know of Vincent Price well. And I like I was I was bum puzzled at the fact that they weren't even on the initial list and I could only choose one. Right. It's a it's a fun movie. And I think uh, so when I was doing I was doing online uh, Facebook polls on Disney movies and in the dark age, Fox and the Hound got the highest ranking. So but at the same time these movies also got the, get the least amount of attention because they are the most, probably culturally the least successful. That's why songs like Best of Friends do not get recognition as maybe they should. Um, that being said, as much as I love it, I'm going with Friend Like Me uh, because it's Robin Williams at probably uh, one of his most iconic roles, probably the role that he will be remembered by the most, maybe next to Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, Andrew. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm torn at the fact that this is a first round. Um, Best of Friends, I don't know what it was. Cause like, even as a child, I don't think I could have summarized for you the second half of, of Fox and the Hound. Like I didn't, I, maybe I was just like too sad from the first half to, to like I was traumatized and could never watch the second half properly. But the first half like resonated with me so deeply and like that, deep sadness of that movie like is in a special place in my heart and I love it and I think that Pearl Bailey's voice on that song is so perfect because it has just this like hint of a cry to it where it's like this heartwarming song in some ways but then there's a hint of a cry and so when she's lamenting why can't the world just let you be like ah it just it rings so beautifully in her voice um but then it's like Robin Williams and like friend like me is his it's just like his introduced genie as a character to the world song. Um, my issue with it is that like, it is again, it's, it's similar to Prince Ali. It's Robin Williams. And I love that. I love him. I think he does it so fantastically and his character is one of my favorites, but the song underneath is just a simple jazz thing, just kind of repeated. So I'm sort of swaying back and forth in certain ways. And I actually do think I would also lean friend like me, but I feel like that's where maybe the group is leaning. I could be wrong. So I want to give a pity vote to best of friends so that it gets some credit. That's where I want to place it. All right. I have already said Robin Williams is brilliant as the genie. Um, I cast a vote for Prince Ali already. And if I cast a vote for that, I have absolutely have to do a vote for a friend like me, which I think is, in my opinion, for me, a top five Disney song. So Friend Like Me is my vote. Friend Like Me is my vote too. 
there you go. Friend like me is moving on. And the audience was 85% friend like me, 15% best of friends. And 7% of them probably didn't even know what best of friends was. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that's probably a big chunk of that. Our next matchup is number 11, Colors of the Wind, versus number 54, I'm Wishing One Song. And we'll begin with Sutton. I also hate that I have to do this one first. Um, I love Colors of the Wind. And without getting too deeply into it, I just think it's a wonderful song. Um, and again, Judy Kuhn sings it wonderfully. So I'm going with uh, Colors of the Wind, Final Answer. Yeah, this is another one that I'm crushed that has to happen in round one. Um, because I actually didn't really give I'm Wishing One Song much of a chance until I heard how hard Robbie fought for it on the classics. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, I don't remember any of this and this is exceptional. Um, so like full credit where credit is due, but I also think that Colors of the Wind is such a phenomenal song um, in a movie that maybe shouldn't have been made, but if it gave us that song, I'm glad it was to some extent. I don't know. I don't know where I stand on that. That's a weird thing to even talk about. So I'm going to move on and vote for Colors of the Wind. I too will vote for Colors of the Wind. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful song. It's um, an important song, again, from that movie. Tim? Uh, when I asked my prom date out, not that I was straight, but I wanted to ask a girl, and I wanted it to be dramatic, I played ukulele, I burst into her class singing one song. No, you didn't. I did. It was a great That's time. That's adorable. But, and um, I love it. I love the well scene. I love how creepy the prince is, and I love creepy evil queen in the background being angry. That, that one is fantastic. Him. It's so, I'm voting for, I'm wishing one song. I love it so much. Robbie, what do you, what do you want to do? I, so I think Colors of the Wind is probably my favorite song from Pocahontas. And I think it is so beautiful. I think it's so important, but I'm going to do something controversial and I'm going to pull for like my pitch that I, I tried so hard to get on this bracket which is wishing one song because without one song, you wouldn't even know what the Prince is, what he's about. He truly says like, uh, he fell in love with her because of her voice. That's what he heard first. He snooped over the wall and he saw someone pure and beautiful and he was immediately smitten. And within the whole Disney world where people fall in love with one second, like, without this, these two characters, Disney would not be where it is today. Without these, this movie, Disney was on a, a bit of a, like, a tenuous sh- Like, it was a rocky area. Like, Mickey was bringing back things and, like, those characters. But, like, this movie really made Disney the powerhouse that it is. And this song... It's just, he's so vulnerably earnest and just, he's wearing his heart on his sleeve. And when when you get into like the different princes and what really sets them apart, because a lot of people don't think they have different personalities or that they don't um, transcend just two-dimensional characters, he is the romantic. He is the, when you think of a gentleman 
someone who literally at the end of the movie sets her up on his horse and he walks alongside of it. He carries her to the horse, even though she's been taking a long nap and he's been searching for months. Um, this, yeah, and I just think that is what this whole movie is about. Like without wishing slash one song, you wouldn't have Someday My Prince Will Come. Without like, it just, this is the core of that movie, which is so important to the Disney realm. And I, I hate that these two are against each other because I love both of these songs so much, but I will fight that this is, it's too important to let slip. So can you sing us uh, like eight to 16 bars of it, please? <laughs> um, you have to pay me for that. <laughs> All right, what's your Venmo? Hold on. Just kidding. Is there is there anyone who will flip and go off of Colors of the Wind. I personally would not because I think Colors of the Wind is a more superior song than Just Around the River Bend and Just Around the River Bend has been pushed forward. So I personally don't think I can flip. But with that being said, it's like we've let other sure. songs might be superior in a movie lose even though something else is already further on, like, uh, so I don't think that role can, t like, you shouldn't put that role as pressure upon yourself. Mm -hmm. I think you really go with like what you feel. I mean, I, I do feel Colors of the Wind is a, again, top 10 Disney song. So that's where I'm stuck. Yeah, I hear, uh, I'm, I don't think I'm switching, but I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I hear what you're saying. I understand like the history and the impact of Snow White. Like I, I and then that song specifically, I, I get it. I also like for me, Colors of the Wind is the proper full entirety message of Pocahontas that then they missed in the actual <laughs> doing of an entire film kind of thing. Like it hits more of where that should have gone um and and like I, I i again i think you think you own whatever land you land on like the perfect call out of just like colonialism like in one short lyric like there are some brilliant lyrics in there and i don't know i i'm wishing one song is such a beautiful song and i wish it wasn't here like if it was up against if we had swapped this and someday my prince will come i would have voted for it 100 easily done um but i i think i'm just sticking with colors of the wind the prince enters too aggressively. <laughs> I don't know. But he does, he sits, he sits on no, his voice. Vocally, he enters too aggressively. Well, okay, you want to jump in on today. And like, like. Yeah, I would head voice it. Oh, no, I, well, he's also singing into a well, so it's going to echo. It's going to yeah. be, <laughs> going to be abrasive. We'll talk about my feelings about echoes later. But then he automatically. He automatically apologizes because he worries that he like scared her and you know they have the same exact face too i hear you this is this is another like bells versus you can fly thing i'm not really actually trying to cut down the other song oh, i just I... have the one i prefer all right should we put it to a final vote i'm gonna go with so i just went to youtube and i just watched him uh, you know just surprise her and she just goes <gasps> oh <laughs> oh, 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 no, come back, come back. Closes the curtain, she's like, 
It's, it's fun. <laughs> um, Robbie, everything you said was so true and so well put. Um, but I do, I'm going to stick with Colors of the Wind. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be upset because I think it is losing to a valuable song. Like, yeah. I think Wind is a valuable song. Like, it is something that is important. Um, but I do think one song is just as important in a different aspect. Totally. Absolutely. Fully acknowledged. And I also think it is criminal how low the ranking of that song is. It's because no one, no one thinks of it, no one knows it, because people yeah. are like, oh, Snow White annoys me. But I'm like, without her and him, you wouldn't have them, like yes. the rest of Disney canon. And like the fact that that song is the basis for his entire personality of because he used he, he the words he uses are so beautiful when he says steadfast and true like he's saying that his heart only beats for her in this pure moment and he's it's just so sincere it's truly just so sincere and poetic as well well you lost this round very graciously <laughs> Yes, colors will move on. Um, Robbie, I don't want to pile on the heartbreak, but the audience went 100% Colors of the Wind. That's because no one, no one it's knows song. It, it's that's what's. So here's my issue with when the when the golden era of Disney came back, like when the Renaissance happened people just forgot about everything that created the foundation unless like they'll know the princesses and who they are, but anything before Ariel, they're like, Oh yeah, there's um, sleep beauty. I don't know her name. There's Cinderella, there's snow white. And it's only people who are true Disney fans actually give the time and the credit to the dark ages, to the classics. But whose fault do you think that is? Because I remember as a child having very limited access to so many of these movies because they kept him tied up in the vault for so long. So oh, I think yeah. Disney kind of, I, I, I see what they were intending to do there, but I think they also shot themselves in the foot. But I also think we're getting sidetracked and I think we need to move on. Yeah. All right, next matchup, number 22. Reflection versus number 43. Can you feel the love tonight? Start us off, Andrew. Um, it's Reflection for me. I talked about in the 90s uh, podcast how Can You Feel the Love Tonight does almost nothing for me as a song. I put it through to the 64 because I think it is iconic enough within the Disney lineup that it should be in a top 64 discussion. But I, as I've said, I am now tossing aside all ideas of what is iconic and what is not. And I'm going with what's a more interesting song and Reflection does so much more to me. I was one who said, I really think um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight should be in the top 64. It's in the top 64. That's it. My vote is for Reflection. Sorry, I'm getting ready. Can You Feel the Love Tonight is one of my favorite songs in all of Disney. I think it's beautiful. I think it's fantastic. Um, and I'm second guessing myself. So I have to go Reflection too. It's so good. It's such a cool song. Yeah. I think Reflection is too short in the fact that I just want more. The whole, every time I watch it, I'm hoping and hoping and hoping for more out of this song because I think it is so beautiful. And it truly is, it just shows the juxtaposition of 
where she starts and then the decision in one night to go, I'm taking matters into my own hand. I don't need, I don't need someone else to define my, oh, you to fell define, down. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I gave up um, to define my path for me, even though this whole time she's like, who will define my path? Like, who is this person I see? Because I'm so confused and lost. I just think Mulan is such a badass and I love her and I will fight for her. And it is, it's Leah again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And have you ever heard her sing it in, or like heard her talk about it? Cause she's like, they cut it all from me. So anytime I get the chance to sing it, I sing the whole fucking song. <laughs> yeah. They let Christina sing the whole song, but. And then the new version, she riffed the entire song. <laughs> My favorite, the original music video from the original track. They filmed the entire thing at Epcot. <laughs> in the track. Of course. Sutton, where's your vote? Uh, well, I think it's a clean, uh, clean sweep for reflection. Uh, I think it's a beautiful song. It melts my heart. I think Can You Feel the Love Tonight is beautiful, but it's really difficult to start a romantic song with Nathan Lane just going, you know... <laughs> Waka 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 in in your ear, and then the visual of Nala peering up at Simba in that very sexy cartoon way—it's very uncomfortable. Whereas uh, reflection, it's just—it's just butter. I also know it's uh, Robbie's favorite movie, so. The audience was eighty-four percent reflection, sixteen percent. Can you feel the love tonight? Next, we have. Love song though so much. I do. I'm not gonna lie. I love. I love the Lion King. Well, speaking of, we're going to talk about Nathan Lane right now. It's number 27, Hakuna Matata versus number 38, The Gospel Truth. I'm starting and I will say, um, I originally did not have The Gospel Truth on the 90s podcast because for me personally, it's my third favorite um, Muse number in the movie. Um, Hakuna Matata is just probably one of the best duo best friend songs ever. Um, So my vote is Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata is the one song out of Lion King I don't like. And just that whole middle section of Lion King, I don't want it. I don't want to deal with it. Just give me the lions. I just want to see the struggle with the lions. That's it. Once they leave Pride Rock, I'm done. And then once he comes back, great, fantastic. Um, so I'm going to vote for The Gospel Truth. Wow, okay. Oh, wow. Um, I might surprise you too. And I'm going to vote for Hakuna Matata solely because... I think if you're looking at the movies themselves, what song transcends the movie and reaches out even it's it's Akuna Matata. Literally, you hear people say Akuna Matata, and they probably haven't watched Lion King in 20 years. Like, but they know what that means. Yes, exactly. And um, I yeah, I I mean. I love the gospel truth, but I I think my vote is for Hakuna Matata. Uh, I'm also voting for Hakuna Matata. And Tim, I just want to respond to you. You like the beginning, you like the end, but Simba's got it. It's like a good Oreo. You know, you got to have one chocolate cookie. You got to have the other. Let me finish. Let me finish here. (laughs) You got to have one chocolate end. You got to have the other. You got to have the cream filling. And oh boy, to Moon and Pumbaa, they are the perfect cream filling. And 
It's it's just it's a good song. It's a good we song. Love, we love Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Hello. He'll always talk about a cream filling. <laughs> it's been a while. Moving on, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> um, I'm gonna be a second dissenter and go the gospel truth. Um, I, for me, Hakuna Matata as a phrase absolutely caught on, and it's fun and it's boppy. But as a song, it's so there's not boppy. Much to it, it's it's stop and start. There's so much talking. Like if we're gonna talk about like. A, a narrative kind of thing with with stuff that's hard to follow for bells of notre dame we got to say some of the same thing with hakuna matata you know what i mean like there are some ch- chunks of that song that you like no one's singing through and you don't you know i mean it's just it doesn't do a lot for me as a song and i do enjoy the gospel truth i really really do and i i'm considered like when i talk about the gospel truth i'm considering like all of the first three segments essentially sure. so like i get a nice little like Lilius White, like, you know what I mean? I get like features for everybody and like little moments. And the first one like opens up into that sprawling thing in the clouds that I already loved so much at the end of Bells of Notre Dame. And then Hercules gave it to me again with a gospel choir. Um, So I don't know, I'm going gospel truth. You like those opening numbers that just refuse to end. Oh, I do. (laughs) I want them to go forever. Is anyone gonna flip? No. No. Just no. like I told my ex-boyfriend, I shall not flip. <laughs> Shockingly, the audience was 24% Hakuna Matana, 76% The Gospel Truth. Yeah, audience. <laughs> Our final matchup in this 60, the round of 64. Number six, Under the Sea, verse number 59, I've Got No Strings. Oh, man. Tim, <laughs> you start. Oh, Sorry. Uh, it's Under the Sea. I love Under the Sea. It's catchy, it's fun, it's peppy. It's got great patterning in the middle. It's got great fish puns, which I'm always about. So, yeah. The fish is the choice. Under the Sea. Sushi all the way. Robbie? I don't like sushi. I don't really enjoy fish. Um, I don't want to be a cat. Again. Um, but, yeah, I'm, like, under the string, under... Under the strings. strings. It's been this new mashup I've been working on, um, (laughs) where I feel like I'm under the strings of the patriarchy and just you know. Um. (laughs) Okay, did I break you? (laughs) We're good. We're good. Oh, but uh, yeah, under the sea, and I don't like. I I know we're sticking with source material, but I will say that. I sometimes believe I'm Titus Burgess when I'm in my bathroom or my car, you know? I think we all have pretended we are Titus Burgess at one (laughs) point in our lives. Um, I'm also going with Under the Sea. And I know this will probably come up later when we start fighting for more serious things, but it won an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. I know Pinocchio won uh, for best original score, and it won for uh, um, When You Wish Upon a Star, but Under the Sea. It is when Howard Ashman won his Academy Award, and that was the only time he would live to receive an award like that. And this is why I say to people, you have to watch the documentary Howard. Mm-hmm. And if there is one song to really remember him by, maybe it's this one, the one he won an Academy Award for. Under the Sea, final answer, correct. Andrew. Although his Gaston lyrics are also something else. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I know that I have not shown a lot of love for The Little Mermaid in general, um, but this is the song that I do love. So, Under the Sea. Clean sweep, Under the Sea. That's my vote. Yay. The audience was 98% Under the Sea. 2%, I've got no strings. But you have to say, I, I've got no strings. It's a great song. It it's is. a classic. It's another it one of those foundation songs, but not quite as much as some of the others. I, the Swedish I, milkmaid stuck with me as a child. I was about to say, the French whore puppets are riot, too. <laughs> that Pinocchio scared me as a child. Me they too. turned into donkeys, and then, like, the kids never turned back, so they're just donkeys. Same, man, same. Well, 64 songs, 32 now. Thank you all for doing this first round of the Ultimate Disney Song Showdown. Um, I can't wait for, to see what happens next. Oh, the stakes have risen. Yeah, well, it's already you. been like vicious and it can only get worse from here. It's true. Well, thank you all for being here. Oh, you're the welcome. That's yelled so far as 10, so. <laughs> That's surprising. Oh yeah, you haven't seen the official vicious. yell counter. Right, you haven't seen Vicious yet. The biggest thanks to my panel for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.